It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, everyone. I am the aforementioned Jimmy Jones, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Spencer Stoner. Hola. And Rob Nalt. Hello. Okay. <laughs> and we're here to give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into Monday, the best informed person you know, as we provide you with the latest news, information, rele- and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, cons, and events, toys, and collectibles, and games. The Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. A lot of interesting things going on this week, too. You got uh, uh, Ahsoka Episode 4 everybody's mm-hmm. talking about. Um, Godzilla's blowing up. A full full trailer for Godzilla the minus, minus one. one. Oh, yeah, that looks good. And also the uh, Monarch uh, Files or something like yeah. that. Which with is Kurt Russell and his son. Yeah. I think and, that's cool that he's playing in. <laughs> and they have John Goodman, too. So yeah. they're actually tying it into the um, Kong movie that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, so. Monarch was the whole tie into all of them. Yeah. That was like they're all their like, you know, their uh, post credit scenes were all like monarch. So ought to be a very big week for Godzilla fans mm-hmm. everywhere, you know, with all this Godzilla stuff going on. Uh, One Piece is blowing up on Netflix. Yes. Um, yeah. so, I still haven't watched it yet. What? <laughs> and actually, um, I talked to somebody. His name's Jesse. And I guess he was ranked like the, as far as One Piece trivia goes, he was ranked number four in the entire country. Yeah, I know. I didn't know there was such a thing. Right. um, So I I asked him about it because I, you know, the anime, the live action is my first experience with One Piece because I didn't want to touch it because it was just way too much. Over a thousand episodes. Yeah. Yeah, You know, and plus, you know, the the manga itself, you know, it's like been around for 20 plus years. And still going. Yeah, all of it's still going. All of it's still the same the original creator, too. So I'm like, okay. I'm, the, he's like, well, if you got any questions, ask me. I'm like, all right, I got plenty of questions. <laughs> um, so uh, I asked him about, you know, I asked him if he saw the live action. He mm-hmm. goes, yeah, he did. Yeah, I did. I go, well, you're a One Piece fan. What would you think of it? He goes, I really liked it. I, I, I think they did a pretty good job. That's what I'm hearing from, like, the reviews of One Piece fans are saying that it, it sticks really good to the characters and the stories and... Yeah, and and I noticed that I brought it up to him. I said, "So, the first season that they have on Netflix is only like eight episodes," and I go, "So, like that season, I'm like, I, <laughs> what you is go it, and like look, a you look of at the comic an- book. <laughs> well, no, if you go and you look at the con- at the um, uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Like the first season was like 32 episodes or something like that. I'm like, so how much did they cut out? He goes." Oh, it was more than just a season. It was like the first hundred episodes that they crammed into that season. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, wow. So they cut out a lot. He goes, oh, yeah. And they cut out a whole bunch. He goes, well, what? And then he asked me, he's like, who's your favorite character so far? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, have you seen it, Spencer? Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, not Not the live action, but I've seen the show and I've read some of the manga. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just talking about the live action. Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet, but it's on my to watch list. I'm the only one in the room? <laughs> I have so many other shows I'm catching up on right now. Me too. I mean, I, I just got done watching a Gamma Reborn. Don't, don't wait, Rebirth or whatever. Don't waste your time on that one. Okay. It was eight episodes Gamora, yeah. of boredom. 
It was uh, okay, good because I'll take it off my watch list. <laughs> it, it really was. It was boring because it was everything that I abhor about kaiju movies. Oh, so every episode it was about a bunch of humans until the last like maybe half mm-hmm. of some episode. Sometimes it was the last quarter of an episode actually had Gamma in it. Mm. Uh-huh. So I was like, really? Yeah, who cares about the plucky humans? I, mean, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. But anyway, so yeah, so it was it wasn't worth the watch. Mm. So unfortunately, I was hoping for better, but unfortunately, it was kind of I, I I thought I was a gamer fan, but I did not realize, uh, or maybe I'm wrong about this. The whole plot line. Do you mind spoilers? Do you care? No, go for it. Okay, anybody else out there? No, good. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't answer. Right? Yeah. Um, and the phone starts lighting up. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so far, so good. Spoil camera. <laughs> um, so. Uh, the whole plot of it was like a bunch of people that were like around for see then they made it so convoluted that it was kind of hard to follow they tried to destroy the earth with kaiju or at least the human population with kaiju a hundred thousand years ago and so they created all these kaiju for that purpose and now they weren't clear if these were like descendants of those people or if these were still actually these people still around a hundred thousand years later they built a base on the moon um, that they, all this weird stuff, huh. but they really didn't explain much, the, where Gamera actually came from. They didn't explain any of that. Uh, why mm. this uh, cr- uh, or radioactive crystal thing mm-hmm. like powered kaiju? Um, and if that's the case, why did they eat people? <laughs> I mean, if, if the, well, yeah, sometimes you need a top off. You know, on a on a long road trip, you need to have a snack. I guess. I mean, if you're eating burgers, uh oh. <laughs> what is it about Camera? No, Gamera. Gamma Gamma rebirth Gamma rebirth is on Netflix. Yeah, an eight episode boredom fest. So, no, I'm serious. It was kind of, it was really boring. So, but yeah, so it was really confusing about. Uh, yes, he is a turtle, <laughs> a very <laughs> yes. very big yeah. turtle. Yeah, with a uh, saber with buck teeth or not buck teeth. What are those uh, tusks? Tusks like a yes. like is a turtle walrus. Yeah. <laughs> so um, crossbreed. Yeah, he's a contemporary of Godzilla. I'm yeah. sorry, Gojira. Godzilla, Godzilla. Yeah. So, or as competition, anyway. But uh, yeah. So I was just kind of put off by the whole thing because it was just like there's just too much that they didn't explain or mm. on why things were happening or why these kaiju's all have looked completely different without any explanation about that either. You yeah. know, it's like if they made these things, why would they make so many big different? Oh, you're a big gam- gamers fan, gamma fan. Uh, can you explain any of that to me, then, Eric? because <laughs> uh, really want to know why so uh, at the end of it uh gamer dies <laughs> okay <laughs> turns uh, he shoots a so, so there's no shoots a laser beam well yeah, yeah there's a, shoots a laser two. beam up to the moon destroys the moon base because he has precision targeting somehow mm-hmm. uh, I, I, like he even knew that it was on up there i mean there's no explanation to any of this stuff and then he like it kind of disintegrates and turns to ash, like you know Thanos snapped him away. Mm. And uh, then at the so very he evaporates very end, with the sweet scent of pine. Yeah, I probably I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to ask. Um, no, he's from a swamp, so I doubt that is the sweet scent of pine. <laughs> that is the sweet scent at all. Have you ever been to a swamp? I have. Okay, yes. yeah. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. Then. <laughs> so and then it, then is like at the end, it shows the surviving kids that were there, and they had a. Uh, a little baby gamma turtle that just hatched or something in in a little in a in a glass case, so hmm. it was weird. Hmm. 
Oh, okay. Please do, Eric. I will read that email next week. <laughs> no, he's gonna. He said he'll explain Good. it all in an okay. email. So, because I, I need, which, which uh, I need answers. Sounds like it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that probably a is. long email ahead of you, sir. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll probably have to condense it for show purposes. But anyway, so yeah, so there's the, you know the gamma rebirths mm-hmm. going on. You got the, the one piece that everybody seems pretty happy with. Um, the Godzilla stuff going on. So anybody, if any of that stuff you want to talk about, feel free seven seven five five one five four one four one. So all of that uh, this week, Tony Stan Filippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews will be joining us to go over the movie set to release this coming week. And we got a great guest for you this evening. We'll be talking with the author of over fifty paranormal horror biographical and historical novels of fiction and nonfiction alike mr stephen h provo we'll be talking with stephen h provo about his extensive career in writing photography self-publishing and his latest project aces of northern nevada it is an online cooperative bookshop hub for northern nevada writers so if you are a northern nevada writer then um, you might want to be listening and uh, see another avenue to get your books out there is always a good thing so all of this in your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment your favorite fandoms and everything discussed on the show to add your voice call 775-515-4141 anytime during the pop culture kaboom radio show or you can send me a dm through the pop culture kaboom facebook page but if you are too shy for the phones and uh, don't have time to call, you can always reach us 24-7 at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Very simple instructions. Please put in the subject line, question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your name and the city state that you live in or the country that you live in. Uh, as far as your name, though, please only put your first name. Don't care about the rest of your name. And I will not read email addresses on the air, so... There you are. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you, if they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them and respond back to you. Bear in mind, if it is read, on, it will be read on the air, unless you specify for it not to be. <clears throat> for, first up, Kevin from Sacramento, Sacapotatoes, California, or Sacatomatoes, whatever. Sacatomatoes. <clears throat> yeah, we always go Sacatomatoes. <laughs> I suppose you're going to be calling yourself a One Piece fan now that you saw the live action. Not really. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm never a fan after a season. It always takes me mm. more than a season, but it always takes me more. If I go past three episodes, then I have to watch the entire season. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why that is. Mm. Some kind of weird. I, I'm the same way. I have to finish OCD the series. Thing. No matter how long it, like, there's like. There's like one series I can't even remember what it was, but it took me like almost a year to like finally watch the last episode, and it was like. But I had to watch it. I had to. I had to see how it ended, even though like it was like a waste of time. It's like I still needed that closure in my life. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I give an I give a show six episodes to grab me, and if it doesn't grab me, then I can drop it like a hot rock. Wow, that's a lot. I, I know it takes that, two. No wonder they went and made yeah. season shorter for people like you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you're to blame. Well, that's why. I, that's why I, mean, I don't at, like at, 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 at eight episodes after six. Why not finish one? <laughs> well, well, well if, like one piece, I can see that argument. But like, like Star Trek Discovery, I dropped it after six episodes because it just wouldn't grab me. Oh, see, Star Trek Discovery, I dropped that after one. Yeah. That's how bad that was. Yeah, but was I tried to, to give it a fair shot, and I felt six episodes is a good fair shot. Okay, fair I mean, enough. It, it took six episodes for me to like Arrow, and I ended up, that ended up being one of my favorite DC adaptation shows. Oh, uh, see, I got to episode four of that, and I'm like, oh, now i got to finish it. <laughs> so I watched the first season, and actually I, I was like, all right, I'll give it another mm-hmm. season to watch. And, you know, the one that always kind of just uh, irritated me was uh, Lucifer. 
Ah, yes. Because I expected so much more out of that. I love that show. <laughs> that was like my favorite. That was some, yeah. like my guilty pleasure, I guess. Yeah, I guess I so. Yeah. Yeah. It because I, I would like, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. It's got to be more like... Oh, it, did, no, it, it, no, just, it, it did get better. It got so campy. It was so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It, it, it did. It got so. It was great though, especially like when Netflix took it over, and then they were like, it, they did more of their double, triple entendres, and, yeah. <laughs> and then he and he had a and he had a a fight in a club, and and uh, Lucifer by uh, Shiny was playing in the mm-hmm. background. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, little I, on the nose, but very pleasing. Yeah, no, Lucifer, I love this. And then they they obviously like the best. Like I thought it was great that they did the, their own musical episode. You know. Yeah, I remember that one too. <laughs> but man, yeah, I, I I kept watching, just hoping it would get better. And then I'm like, ah, three episodes into it, I better just keep watching. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll get better. It was good. Never, never got not to my not to my level of expectation though. So that was the only sad part about it. All it was right, good for laughs. Um, so where was I with this anyway? Oh yeah, the live action. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking about One Piece. Now the guy basically oh, yeah. is gatekeeping. Yeah, did I read the whole thing? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, this was your introduction to One Piece. What if you become a really big fan after this? He's basically saying you aren't worth becoming a fan. So, yeah. so he, he's one of those people who wants to become an elitist and basically let the fandom die because, yeah, because I never he can't understood, expand it. I never understood that. It's like, okay, if you just, uh, if, you know, okay. So if I, I was a huge One Piece fan, oh, well, let me just put back. I'm a huge Sabretooth fan. You know, yeah. I liked seeing Sabretooth in the Wolverine, not the first Wolverine movie, that <laughs> not the first X Men movie either. Dave that was, Schreiber. Oh, that was so horrible. But um, yeah, you know, so I don't think they've yet to do a really good Sabretooth on screen. That's true. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. I don't want them to keep trying. And if somebody said like saw the Sabretooth from any Wolverine version, um, and they they're like, oh, I really love, I want to get more into it. And Sabretooth, oh, yeah. well, then here's uh, something you should yeah, do, because those were crap. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, his name is eluding me, but remember uh, Cosplay for Kindness karaoke fundraiser? Yes. Had that one guy who does a movie Sabretooth and a comic accurate Sabretooth cosplay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was funny, because it was at a Silver Age Comic Con. I didn't I didn't know what to say to him, so I, and I was behind him, and I wanted to get his picture for the you know the YouTube channel video right. that, and, and for the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Victor, <laughs> <laughs> Victor Creed. <laughs> and he turned around and he's like, hey. oh, who, yeah. he was surprised I knew what, who Victor Creed was. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't know other, what other way to say it. I was like, wasn't craving that's for sure. Yeah, and and if you didn't have that, I mean. You you get you have to have your little niche and you but you want to grow the niche, you you want more Sabretooth fans. This guy apparently doesn't want many more One Piece fans. I don't know, man. Which is kind of silly because you know the more people, the I mean, you got to get introduced it somehow. That too. I mean, I'm not going to go back 20 years and who knows how many start watching it. Yeah, yeah. So that's just kind of goofy. So I don't know what what this guy's problem is. I mean, anybody who comes into a, a fandom of any kind, you know, I mean, and especially or, after something that's been around for so long, to a fandom for yeah. the first time. Like know, I'm a big should, Trekkie. You should help them out with that, not not to berate them for coming on board. Yeah, you help right. them out. Say, oh, you really want to check this out. You know, you don't want to just oh go away. You don't know what you're talking about. You're well, yeah, that's like I'm a big Trekkie. And you're just liking it because everybody else is liking it. No, I liked it because I like it. I've never yeah. bandwagoned anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a Trekkie, and you know, there's some people who are introduced to it through Discovery. I go, I'm glad you like Star Trek and you like Discovery. Now let me introduce you to good Star Trek. I would, I would just be like, I'm glad you like Star Trek. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd leave it at that. I wouldn't even yeah. mention STD. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, but you know, but the point is, everybody gets introduced at some different point. You, then you can say, hey, you know, if you like this, check out how it started. Check out this spinoff that I really like. You know, you don't have to know everything about everything to be a fan. True. So, I don't know what your point is, Kevin, but uh, you well, should definitely relax a little bit. <laughs> you got any thoughts on that, Rob? Unclench. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that visual, Rob. <laughs> That's good advice, though. I mean, good advice is good advice. Yeah. Uh, Josh from Walkertown, North Carolina. Uh, so do you know if movie studios are taking outside scripts? I guess that's a uh, hint that the, uh, the writer's strike is still going on too long. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have inside information like that. Um, I don't know anybody at any studios. Have if I did, I would have had them on the show by now. Okay. I um, have no idea how you would even submit it. <laughs> Well, Me I, neither. I know I, Star I, Trek I, uh, like used to be used to accept open scripts. They used you know, to back in way out, way back in like 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 original series, next generation time frame. Oh, I, I don't know geez. if they still did that through like vo- uh, like Deep Space Nine and Voyager, but no, I know they did it back then. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard of any other show or anything doing that and that kind of thing in years. Eric says yes. I think uh, uh, Warner Brothers and Viacom are. Um, yep. No idea how you get a hold of them, but I guess if you just do a little research on your own, maybe they're they Josh. probably have a directory when you call it Warner Brothers. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, um, so. I made director call. I wanted to speak to the person I said submit my script to. They're like, yes, let's put you on hold. Perpetually. Then, then it's like a SpongeBob thing. Three years later. <laughs> Why is my phone bill so high? I've just been on hold. Um all right, so, uh, yeah, Josh, I uh, don't know, but uh, Eric says Warner Brothers and Viacom, uh, Google, and uh, then go from there. Uh, Merritt from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, your brother told me about your show. Not bad. Thank you, Merritt. Thank um, you. And, um, Johnny, I'm going to throat punch you, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Frank from San Antonio, Texas. Hey, with Halloween coming up, are you going to have Stephen King on? If not, why not? Because uh, he's not exactly beating my door down trying to get an interview in here uh, there, uh, Frank. If he was, then uh, he would have been on here a long time ago because I would have so many questions for Stephen right? King. Yes. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Would, yes. <laughs> so lots of stuff that I will uh, – Right. Um, I have a like that's like a three day interview. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, well, well yeah. I mean, not only do you have you know all his his horror story, you have his Richard Bachman stuff. Like, you like, have his write, a book about like, writing. You would have to right. you would have to significantly like narrow it down to like a topic. Yeah, oh, and uh, the phones would definitely be disconnected. That yeah, night. yeah, but yeah. because you know what I mean. Like, there's he is so much vastness. Yeah, that, I know, and, and just do horror. like an overall. You can even do an overall like encompassing show. Like, no, it'd be yeah. encompassing you, you, show series. Well, of, because yeah. you'd miss so much, and you'd you know. Here's well, Stephen well, King interview part three hundred and seventy six. Right. Yeah, because yeah. just in the horror genre, you know, you have his modern era, you have his cocaine fueled era. Well, you got yeah. his Whoa, he got okay. his pseudonyms. You know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, writing like as Richard, Richard Bachman. Bachman and, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and then you know then you stuff that's been adapted and stuff that hasn't yeah. been. Yeah. Joe, yeah, Hill. Joe Hill, yep. yeah, Lock and Key, and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, and Lock and Key is actually a good comic book. Yep, yeah, that was good, a good series comic, too. Yeah. And ask him why he didn't get into comic books. 
Well, uh, the, Gunsl- the Gunslinger uh, was, was made into a comic. Well, it was adapted into a yeah, comic yeah. book, but he didn't do it. Ah, okay. See? It's like, like nothing Joe that he Hill did Joe Hill actually did Lock and Key. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and, and, he also, and he also did an ad- adaptation for Creepshow. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. But again, yeah, you're not directly into comics. That yeah. is true. That would have been interesting. Yeah, so. Um, but I think, I think authors. You know, he's still alive. He still could. Well, here's the thing, though. I think we think of authors nowadays as people who author comic books books tv shows and stuff like that but stephen king's like old school where like his genre was books and magazine yeah. you know what i mean so and that's it, it. probably yeah, and so it, it probably like was like something for him to probably very hard to even like try to even like where do i start you know if he's just somebody who's always done books and magazines well you know what though i mean think about the people that we interview that they're like well who do i contact for that like you know like <laughs> his son did it all he has right, to but Hey, son. <laughs> but his son. But but did his son do it when his son was like twelve? No, like his son did it when he was an adult. But so. he can still do it now. That's all. Old Spencer was saying he's, hey, still, he's still alive. He can still do it. Yeah, but I think it'd be hard for him to. I don't know. Stan Lee was still writing writing comic. No, I, I think it'd be hard for him to like change genres oh, like that at this time of the this time. You know, because he's still he's still yeah. Because like I know like he has a very profound writing process that he has. You know, so. It might interfere with. I mean, I don't know how you write a book. Oops, we're way over. Yeah, we are. <laughs> You're supposed to be watching that for me. I'm sorry. All right, so we're gonna go right now. Yeah, we're just gonna go straight <laughs> into the break. No, no, no pausing or anything. So we'll be right back. All straight, no chaser. Yes. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. There are 362 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture convention, KaboomCon, announced right here two weeks ago. 97 to Now Productions will be putting on KaboomCon Saturday, September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I just wanted to let you know that even though there's still a lot of moving parts, I can tell you that all the vendor spots are now full. So dang, yeah, just kind of shows a hunger for for the awesomeness of, yeah. of conventions well, down here. I don't know; um, those are just the vendors. It doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to be there. Uh, if you build it, they will come. Hopefully, yes. right. anyway. Uh, so the, all the vendors' slots are uh, uh, full now. But if you'd still like to apply to be a vendor, they can. They will add you to a waiting list. And if a vendor has to cancel for any reason, then you will be contacted to fill that spot. Also, uh, for those who will be arriving right at 10, the 10 a.m. opening, you will be treated to a free show by the Reno Video Game Symphony. Awesome. Reno Video Game Symphony. I didn't even know we had one. We yeah, do. They're, they're pretty cool. They're pretty good, actually, too. And I guess they're going to play. And uh, so, yeah, that'll be fun. Remember, some of the proceeds from uh, KaboomCon will be going to benefit Colton Lowe's Rescue and Sanctuary in Mound House and KNVC 95.1 FM Community Radio. So everybody show up. Please. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right. So uh, I have finished with the email. So if you want to, uh, feel free. Give us a, send us an email if you uh, want to, it to be read or any of that. Just follow those simple instructions. So in the the Phoenix question of the week, 
Uh, in the world of film and television, musicians have made an indelible mark on our culture and the industry. That uh, being said, the Phoenix yeah. Question of the Week asks of the following, which musician has made the greatest contribution to film or television? And a couple of notables that were not on this list. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, mm, he did Jesse's Girl. <laughs> uh, Rick Springfield. Yes. He was actually... Uh, yeah, he was in uh, General Hospital, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. he was a soap opera star. Yeah, as was Ricky Martin, too. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. There's two right there. Anyway, uh, so first up is Ice Cube. Yeah, Ice Cube. He was in <laughs> Ghosts of Mars, Anaconda, the Friday franchise, as well as the Barbershop franchise. Eminem, who was in 8 Mile uh, Frontage, I guess. In Fromage, on- I guess. Fromage. I'm not familiar with that one. Me neither. And Ons Slag. Whatever that, that is. Uh, Debbie Harry, a uh, mm-hmm. famous singer from Blondie, uh, was in Video Room. Video Room? Video Drum. There was no D. It's just Video Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a typo. It's supposed to be Video Drum. Well. Is that movie I am familiar with? Okay. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. I Another one I really like. Hairspray. I guess she was in that. Copland. I know that Dad had Sylvester Stallone in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I remember about that one. Flea. From the Red Hot Ship at Chili Peppers, uh, Back to the Future Parts 2 and 3. I didn't even remember him being in those. He's the one who kept calling Michael J. Fox chicken. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. What are you, McFly? Chicken? I didn't know that was him. That's uh, him. My Own Private Idaho. I never watched that one. The yep. Big Lebowski. I never watched that one. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I did watch. I don't remember him being in that one. Well, the thing is, he, when Flea's not being Red Hot Chili Peppers Flea, he doesn't look like Red Hot Chili Peppers flee. So, and uh, he wasn't the only one who started in movies, too. <coughs> Anthony Kiedis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in Point Break. Yeah. 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 So, uh, probably the big one everybody will remember David Bowie, who was in Labyrinth, The Hunger. Everybody mm-hmm. remember yep. seeing The Hunger? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those lost movies. You're like, the it, was, what? It, was, well, it was a stylized vampire movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. overly stylized. That, that's, that's the thing I, I like about David Bowie. He, he 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 liked doing weird stuff. Yes, he did. The man who fell mm-hmm. to earth, and he was in Zoolander too. Oh yeah, right? but yeah. that was only a cameo. But but, but, oh, it, but didn't know that. No, oh no, that's cool. That's still cool and all. But then there was also the Prestige where he was Nikola Tesla, mm-hmm. and that was pretty awesome. What was that? Um, uh, Hugh Jackman and not who who was in it. Who was that? Or who? Oh, what, yeah. what, what was that? That's, movie? that's what I'm, it, it, Hugh Jackman and uh, Christian Bale play competing magicians, and Hugh Jackman becomes obsessed with trying to figure out how Christian Bale does his trick. So he ends up making a trick, coming up with a trick of his own, and he has to get Nikola Tesla to help him invent new to- new technology where he can basically clone himself. Okay, thanks for the synopsis, but what's the name of the movie? The, the Prestige. Prestige. Okay, thank I you. said that. You did? Yes. Yeah, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I was just like, what's the name of the movie? And you're giving me the whole synopsis. I'm like, wait, I don't need all this Sorry, info. I didn't realize you didn't hear the title. I don't need all this info. <laughs> Ice-T, who was in New Jack City. Actually, uh, he was probably one of the funnier characters in New Jack City. Right, yeah. Uh, Tank Girl, I, mm-hmm. uh, based on a comic book, but I, but I still... Uh, yeah, he was one of the kangaroo... He was the lead that. kangaroo guy. Uh, surviving the game, which I did see because that had mm-hmm. Rudger Hauer in it as well, mm-hmm. and I was and Nick not, was it Nick Nolte? No, it was oh. that other guy. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, surviving the game was kind of interesting. It was like one of those first like survival type game movies where it's they, a dangerous game. Yeah, like that. It's old. It's it's totally old school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the heist. Which he was also saw. in Johnny Mnemonic. Mm-hmm. He was. I mm-hmm. did not know that. Yeah, he was T Bone. He ran heaven. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, other notables that uh, – so those are the uh, – what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six that he put. Um, uh, any of those six uh, grab you as the most influential as far as uh, having the greatest contribution to film or television? Well, I do love me some David Bowie, and especially Labyrinth. That was kind of a formative movie for me when I was a kid. Uh, you know, it's part of my love of fantasy. But I did notice one other big, exceptionally glaring omission. Uh, I noticed a lot, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. LL Cool J. Yep, that's <laughs> LL Cool J has been acting since the wow. 80s. And not just you know, not just bit parts and like where he comes in, be rapper LL Cool J and leaves. I mean, he has been in some he really was, good he was movies. He to cook in de- uh, Deep Blue. Deep Blue yeah, in fact, in fact, that is one of the first horror movies where the, the black man has survived all the way to the end. Well, not really. Samuel L. Jackson got chomped. No, yeah, but no, but LL Cool J survived. <laughs> That's true. Most most black people in horror movies got chomped up until that point. That was probably the funniest death scene I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes, I when Samuel L. Really Jackson think. died, and then a big out of the water. Yeah, that big huge, you know, yeah, doing the big human, motivational huge speech, speech, and then I was like, that was so great about it, though. I, I, not when you're in the theater laughing and everybody's staring at you. I see. I have that bad habit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, black black humor really just makes me laugh. So, um, but but yeah, but you know he's done all, all the different genres. He's done comedies. He's done action. He's done horror. Uh, plus, and and then he's also been. Uh, he was on NCIS uh, LA for like over three hundred episodes. I mean, the, the man's earned his uh, acting stripes. So you go with LL Cool J. I'm going to go with LL on all this right. one. Yeah. Rob, what say you? <laughs> That's funny because that's who I had actually like, like, I don't know. It was just like, he was, I don't know. I've just seen him in a lot. Wow. So I, out of of the list though itself, I would have to say David Bowie just because his stuff is profound. Yeah. Although Ice-T is really good too. He's also in uh, uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Yeah. Um, I would have to go with Will Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. He's I mean, a big headliner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been in what? He's been in uh, I Am Legend, um, Independence yeah. Day, he does a lot, he does a lot Bad more, Boys, like the dramedy. Yeah, like the well, comedies yeah. and dramas. Yeah, and when, when, he, when he's going for Oscars, he's yeah. never done a horror though. I don't think I Am Legend would be his horror. Really, that's considered a horror. Yes. Yeah, yeah. roughly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. See, it's I more actiony, but yeah. Horror, but <laughs> I consider that more like a sci-fi action yeah. adventure one. But anyway. Um, so he's, he's actually been, he's kind of like the, uh, uh, you know, almost like a Tom Hanks, except he had a music career beforehand Mm -hmm. and he was also, you know, French, French Prince Prince. of Bel-Air. Um, so all that, uh, no other notables that they did not list, uh, Jared Leto, who is also the lead singer for uh, 21 pirate, 21 pilots or something. Uh, 30 seconds to Mars. That's it. Uh, Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. You know, he was oh, a yeah. Yeah, famous crooner, in, and uh, yeah, he was also in the movie, yeah. uh, Dean Martin, yeah. another one. I, you could say Johnny Depp. He has his own Technically, band. Technically. <laughs> yeah. Juliette Lewis has her own band. Well, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's going the opposite way. That, yeah. That's actually going into music. That's going from acting to music, not music well, to... Well, you could say Jared, Keanu Reeves well, to well, a dog star. Jared Leto, right? so... Um, Harry Connick Jr., yeah, he was good in Independence Day and uh, Copycat. He yeah. was creepy in Copycat. Barbara Streisand. Mm. The way we were. Yeah. So, I mean, she's been a lot of She stuff. was too old for gentle. gentle. Yeah, no, she wasn't. <laughs> I, I never actually seen that movie, ever. So but, Actually, that's... that's but a, she had a singing yeah. career before becoming yeah. a Cher. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Bette Midler. 
Oh yeah, yeah. My mom loved Bette Hocus Midler Pocus. movies. But I don't. Well, Bette Midler was more Broadway, though. I don't know. If she was more well. She's, a singing career. Yeah, because she had the mean? wind beneath my wings. She right, actually, but that was from Broadway. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, she has albums out, so yeah. I mean, she was doing the stage thing and yeah, the right. album. Yeah, and Katie Segal was one career. of her backup. Was one of her backup uh, singers. Who? Katie Segal, Peggy Bundy from uh, oh. from Married with Children. You know. Uh, you know, from Sons of Anarchy. And, I, yeah. I, I I said Will Smith, um, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but who do you think the most influenced? Uh, Will Smith. And you picked uh, LL David cool Bowie. J. Oh, LL Cool J. Yeah. And you picked LL Cool J as well, right? Well, I'll or, go with David Bowie, too. Okay. Or, or David Bowie. Yeah, so. because with the exception of Eminem, this is actually not a bad list. Well, and Flea. I don't think Flea is really influential, <laughs> but... Well, only on bass. Only to bass yeah. players. He's yeah, but David Bowie, My own Ice Private Tea. Idaho was like a, a very great movie. Never like, saw it. It's very good. Yeah. And it, I do it have was a soft drama, spot. right? It, yeah, yes. it threw That's a lot why. of it threw That's a lot of people off too, it. as well, because it dealt with like homosexuality and. See, you just put the word drama in it. I'm done. I, I don't even need to watch it. <laughs> and I do have a soft spot. I'm sorry, but I do have a soft spot for Ice Cube because Ghost of Mars. I, I love John Carpenter movies. Oh, I know. I, that was that was the first thing that came to my mind too. When you say Ice Cube in movies. <laughs> Go to Mars. Yeah. So, all right. So the WGA strike is now officially 132 days in, and the SAG after strike is in its 59th day. Great writers, directors, actors, they want their content to be seen. They want to have a chance to have an impact on the culture. They want to have a chance to have an impact on how people see themselves and see the world. Uh, maybe the, sometimes they just want to say, tell a good story. Uh, but that's what we get. To, to, that's what we get to do in this business, but only if we do it together. Shared Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Lasloff <laughs> at a of all the uh, you know irony at a Goldman Sachs conference. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Man, talk about out of touch. Right. Uh, regarding the ongoing SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes, the irony of that statement coming only hours before Warner Brothers Television uh, suspended the right. remaining overall deals with a number of creators. Uh, creators shouldn't be lost. Deadline Hollywood is reporting that three months into the writer's strike, Greg Barlanti Productions, Bill Lawrence's... Dozer Productions, John Wells Productions, and Mindy Catling, Kaling's Kaling International are the production and are the production deals impacted. Sources said, in addition, DH reports that J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot is also being notified, and that Chuck Lore's L O R R E Lori Lori. That's a weird way to put it. Yeah, it's the Two and a Half Men guy. Yeah. Oh, say another show I haven't watched. Uh, has reportedly already been suspended. The move comes months after a number of studios began notifying writer-producers under overall or first-look deals without series in productions or post-production that those deals had been suspended. If we can get a result soon, then the longer-term impacts will be minimized. But there are there are real industry challenges here, Zasloff also shared at the conference. Only a day after Warner Brothers Discovery revealed that it's expected to take a $300 million to $500 million hit due to the strikes. We're a content company, really. Uh, we're a storytelling company. We mm -hmm. need to do everything we can to get people back to work. Really? 
Okay, but more importantly, they negotiate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if this keeps us from getting more of that Velma cartoon. This could be all worth it. Oh, that's what I'm saying right now too. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, it's true of what it's true of creative people, but it's true of, for all of us. People need to be compensated fairly, and they need to feel valued. Then why aren't you doing? Why are they still on strike there, Mister Zaslov? <sighs> anyway. No thoughts on that, Rob? On that, I just, well, you know my thoughts. On <laughs> yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that he actually said that at, like, <laughs> you know. I know I, the hubris. I, 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 How could somebody be that obtuse? Well, especially with, like, everything. I mean, okay, I could see maybe if it was, like, the first week of the strike saying something like that. Not, but, like, not, not this, this far, far in. Not, yeah. Yeah. not one day, 130, <laughs> 132 days. Yeah. No. For the writer's strike, 59 yeah. days for the actor's strike. Oh, and the thing is, uh, I, I'm not sure how much more the writers can get. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of st- the big sticking point from that now, from as I understand it, is the size of the writing rooms. They want the, 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 the writers want a larger writing room so that basically the, our, the WGA can collect more dues, as, I can, as the only way I can see it. I don't understand that at all. If I was writing something, I would want less people involved, but I would want yeah, to write but, better. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, no. Well, yeah, and especially if you're only doing things that are like eight episodes long or something, you don't need a 25-person writing room. Yeah, that's true. All right, so um, I would move into the next topic, but it looks like we're running a little short. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't get why they want to be like that with this at this yeah. stage. Yeah, but I can understand, you know, wanting to have control if, over the AI and stuff. Yeah, well, I, I if, he's, use if that's his views on it, then he should be talking to the other um, members of the AI right. PTP yeah, I whole, I whole and, and getting them into a room to just, you know, get things worked out. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Negotiate, not with his cohorts, with the actual writers. Yeah, and not come out with these blanket dumb statements that everybody knows is a bunch of BS. But well, So with that being said, oh, we still got lots of show coming up, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. Arts Center presents Seed of the Movement, How Psychedelic Rock Art Took Root in Nevada, until September 17th. The gallery is open Tuesday through Sunday, noon to 4 p.m. Brewery Arts Center is located at 449 West King Street in Carson City. For more information, visit breweryarts.org. So you only got one more week left for that. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Uh, this ought to make, uh, what's his name, happy? Uh, Kevin in Sacramento. Uh, the original One Piece manga uh, was originally serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump from July 1997 and then collected in a series of volumes. Before being translated into English, the story follows the adventures of Monkey D. Luffy and his crew, the Straw Hat Pirates, where he explores the Grand Line in search of the mythical treasure known as the One Piece in order to become the next Pirate King of the Pirates. Adapted into a film, then an anime series, as well... There was a film? I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, there have been animated film. films. Oh, yeah. okay. They kind of go either... 
outside of the continuity of the of the show, or they kind of just like do a little outside story. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're usually a, like companion pieces. They should have said an animated film, not just into a film, because then I'm like, oh, so there was this isn't the first live action, as well as 14 animated movies and 13 television specials. It has done rather well for itself, with over half a billion copies of the collection sold. It is considered the best-selling manga series in history and the best-selling comic series of all in terms of collection sold. It has the Guinness World Record for the most copies published for the same comic book series by a single author and was the best-selling manga for 11 consecutive years from 2008 to 2018. And now the Netflix live action version has dropped, which has brought new attention to the collectability of some of these early issues. Weekly Shonen Jump from 1997 Volume 34 with the first One Piece chapter sold for over $1,300 on eBay last month. Wow. With the English language version of Shonen Jump number zero, the first appearance of One Piece in English going for $120. The English language collections from Viz Media have also attracted attention with the first four volumes selling for $420 for the set and the first volume of its own for $200 with subsequent issues selling for hundreds uh, each. Given the success that One Piece has gained on Netflix, might those prices go higher? Dun dun dun. Questions and question? Question mark? No. I have none. You have no idea? I have no idea. I, I mean, the, the chances it, are good. It would <laughs> seem like it would be. Like, that's how it Oh, you guys are not collector inventor, investors then. Or I, I think it'll actually make the price really skyrocket here in the next, uh, next well, couple of Well, usually popularity does. Couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah, but this is this is going to be like unsustainable prices, and it'll just. Keep you think going. they'll, oh, they'll yeah. stay up there? Not, oh yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, they'll never come back down. Mm. So mm. I, I guarantee it. Uh, given the success that One Piece has gained, on blah 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 blah, or is or is any increase in prominence on Netflix a mere penance compared to the popularity it has gained as comic book and anime? Uh, previously, uh, no. This is actually going to bring in because of the success it's having on Netflix. It is actually going to bring in a ton more fans. Yeah, a whole, a whole new spectrum of them, a whole new and, demographic, and a lot of collectors too, because they're going to see the uh, potential here for you know making an investment in these uh, in the art form, the old mangas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. And uh, they're going to uh, take advantage of that. So, uh, you guys know what uh, um, Saturday, September sixteenth is? Sassibration? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, yeah. It, it's to, that's not what I'm referring okay, to. Okay, yeah. Um, not... Batman Day. Oh, okay. Uh, Batman Day is approaching, and DC Comics added to the anticipation with an announcement that revealed the upcoming exclusive comics, streaming specials, and merchandise. Batman Day, a day occurs on the third Saturday of September every year. Which That's one they, of those floating holidays I can never take. I can never keep track of. Uh, it's like Thanksgiving then. Yes. Okay. This comic book holiday falls on September sixteenth this year, and countless fans will gather to celebrate the Dark Knight and his long, iconic history across all mediums, from the release of Batman: The Gargoyle of Gotham and a special edition of Batman slash Catwoman: The Gotham War. Oh, this is so weird. It's Batman's backslash Catwoman. Uh, two dots. That's colon. Colon, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Colon. The Gotham Wars. Colon. Prelude. <laughs> <laughs> colon. Too much. Two streaming <laughs> events on Max and YouTube. Uh, here are some of the for uh, something for everyone on Batman Day 2023. 
here's a list of what's going down. And actually, I trimmed this list down quite a bit, believe it or not, and it is quite lengthy. I mean, I left out uh, Brazil is having their own Batman Day stuff. Spain is having their own Batman Day stuff. New Zealand is having their own. It's just like okay. lists for days of stuff. I'm like, nope, I am not reading all of that. That's my entire show right there. So, But I'll get into some of the things here. Um, first off... Uh, at uh, participating comic book shops while supplies last fans can choose from a great selection of Batman titles celebrating uh, Gotham's Caped Crusader that's actually every month I was going to say like what special <laughs> yeah, do they release nothing uh, well actually the Batman Catwoman the uh, Gotham well besides that but like other than that uh, nothing um, oh a special edition number one prepare for the Gotham War with this free special edition comic book featuring a 10-page oh. prelude story and preview pages from Batman Catwoman, The Gotham War, <laughs> Batman Catwoman, colon, The Gotham War, colon, Battle Lines, number one. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Which sets the stage for a fight between the bat and the cat for the future of Gotham City. Uh, Batman and the Joker, colon, The Deadly Duo, number one, Batman Day Special Edition, Batman and the Joker, colon, The Deadly Duo is the dark and brutal Gotham opus from comics legend Mark Severa and to and to help promote the September 12th release of the hardcover collection DC is releasing a free Batman Day exclusive edition of Batman and the Joker colon the deadly duo number 1 uh, Batman number 608 colon Batman Day special edition uh, Batman 608 kicked off DC's iconic Hush storyline, one of the most beloved Batman stories of the past 25 years. I call BS on that. <laughs> well, it did reintroduce Jason Todd as the as the Red Hood. Yeah, uh, but I call BS on that. I doubt it is the most beloved story in the last 25 years from Batman. Oh, beloved is is, is uh, a hard sell for that. Yes, yeah, true, but it <laughs> exactly. is it, it is very famous. It is. It is famous, <laughs> but I don't know if it's the most beloved. That is debatable. Unless you got an opinion on that, uh, 775-515-4141. All right. Um, after that, the, there's first, the first issue of the 12-part saga returns for Batman Day 2023, like you've never seen it before, represented with a foil version of Jim Lee's iconic second printing cover featuring the Dark Knight standing watch over Gotham City. This commemorative issue is the perfect complement to the Batman colon hush <laughs> 20th Anniversary Edition collection available for pre-order now and on sale on October 18th. Batman 89 hardcover collection. Batman 89 is the comic fans... Uh, is the comic. Are we sure it's not Batman colon 89? It isn't this time. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, back in 89, I guess you would need a colon exam by now. But anyway, uh, is the comic fans have wanted for years. No, they haven't. <laughs> Continuing the story of the classic 1989 Batman film with all new adventures... Uh, by written by these people I don't care about mentioning. As part of DC's Batman Day 2023, fans can purchase uh, a striking new version of the Batman 89 hardcover collection featuring a spot foil special edition dust jacket paying homage to the iconic movie poster from the 1989 film. Yeah, Eric says Breaking the Bat storyline was uh, is his vote for Most Beloved. Yeah, was that in the last 25 years? I have no idea. That feels very nineties. Idea that I well, I was going to say Killing Joke, but Mm -hmm. and that's way before that. Exactly. 
Um, anyway, uh, so Batman, Batman colon Gargoyle of, of Gotham number one, Eisner award-winning writer and artist, blah, 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 deliver a twisted take on the Dark Knight, Gotham City, and a never-before-seen rogues gallery in this highly anticipated DC Black Label series launch. Batman colon Gargoyle of, the Go- of Gotham number one arrives with amazing variant covers. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, DC Universe Infinite for Batman Day 2021. Uh, the DC Universe Infi- Infinite, Infinite, uh, Infinite Digital Subscription Service will feature a curated list of great Batman team-up stories for subscribers as well as a selection of iconic Batman stories to read for free in front of the paywall. Uh, for more details and a free trial, check out the website at www.dcuniverseinfinite.com, all one word. DCUI is not available in all countries and is not intended for children. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's intended for like a PG-13 rating. Wow. Okay. Um, Eric says, I'm old, not dead. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I added the last part on there, actually. Anyway. Um, so uh, the Christopher Nolan's seminal Batman trilogy will be screened in select cinemas in North America. Check your local listings to find Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. Do it on the big screen. Bad. <laughs> Batman Day on Max. Max is offering a robust and incredible selection of live action and animated movies, plus streaming series as uh, t- series that celebrate the Dark Knight and Gotham City, including such blockbuster movies as Matt Reeves' The Batman, airing on HBO September 16th at 1.45 p.m. That's rather specific. The films by Tim Burton, Batman and Batman Returns, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Trilogy, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, oh, colon Dawn of Justice, and more. Uh, fans of Batman in animation can look forward to an equally huge lineup of titles, including the complete Batman colon the animated series, Batman colon the doom that came to Gotham, Batman colon Hush, Batman colon Mask of the Phantasm, there we go. The Lego, registered trademark Batman movie, and others. For a complete list of Batman content for Batman Day, be sure to check out the Batman Day Hub at www.dc.com backslash Batman Day. Oh, I'm glad they have Mask of the Phantasm in there. That's a, that's a fantastic Batman movie. And, and this article still actually goes on and on and on. <laughs> wow. I just decided that that's a good stopping point. So, anyway, Skybound Entertainment announced that the comic book series Firepower by Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney, published through Image Comics, will come to a close with its 30th issue at the end of the year on the 27th of December with a supersized 56-page final issue, which promises a finale worthy of the high-octane series made by some of the top talent working in comics today, losing his parents, training at the Temple of the Flaming Fist, hmm. uh, learning the firepower. That sounds like a, like a weird version of uh, um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah, kind of. Uh, starting a, a fam- family, Owen's whole life has been building to this moment where he attempts the impossible one last time. Kirkman seems to be ending a lot of his series in the last last little bit. Yeah, I wonder what's up with that. He probably has something new coming out. Uh, oh, yeah, because be. he's, he's finished off could Walking be. Dead in comic format. Uh, I think Invincible 
Mm-hmm. And then uh well, Invincible has been over for years though, wasn't hasn't it? So what is worth watching on television a week? Sunday, September tenth at nine PM, Sunday se- through September Sunday, September seventeenth at five PM according to TV Guide. I only include what I would watch, which means that it has to be considered new to either a network in terms of a movie or original programming. Why am I reading the wrong thing? I should be reading comics, not that. <laughs> Whoopsie! From the comic books being released on September 13th, at least here, I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It, after all, is only my opinion. To keep this list to a minimum, I do not include any trade paperback, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at paulcultureboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the books or books, where the book or books will be coming, when the books or books will be coming out, and the issue numbers. Very important so that I can add your book or books in the future. First up from Asylum Press. Vampire Macabre Nos- Nos- Nosferatu number one, one shot with three cover variants. Boom Studios has Coda number one of five with a wallet busting five cover variants. Dark Horse Comics has From the World of Minor Threats, the Alternates number one with a wallet busting six cover variants. St. John number one with two cover variants. DC Comics has Batman number one facsimile edition with three cover variants, which makes absolutely no sense because the facsimile edition, facsimile ones, are a reprint mm-hmm. of the original comic book with the original ads, and there's no way in hell Batman number one back in 1940-whatever <laughs> had, had variant covers. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin number one with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Batman Gargoyle of Gotham number one of four with eight cover variants. Notice there's no colon on there in that one for some reason. And you guys' favorite, Dynamite Entertainment, Negaduck number one. Negaduck? Yep. N E G A. Yeah, bad guy from Dark Darkwing Duck. Yeah. So, Spencer, uh, how many cover variants? I'm going to go conservative this time. I'm going to go 22. Ooh, Rob, what say you? Nineteen. Wow, you guys were so close this week. Twenty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty. Uh, Eric, you were close too. Twenty-one. Dang, everybody's uh, you got, <laughs> dynamite's got to up their game. Everybody's catching on. IDW Publishing has Kill More number one with five, wall buzzing five cover variants. Sonic the Hedgehog's nine hundredth adventure with a wallet busting seven cover variants. Star Trek Picard's Academy, number one, with a wallet busting five cover variants. Image Comics has Creep Show Volume Two, number one of five. And if that wasn't enough numbers for you, with three cover variants. Undiscovered Country, number 25, with two cover variants. Marvel Comics has Alligator Loki, number one, with three cover variants. Avengers Inc., number one, with a wall-busting eight cover variants. Daredevil, number one. Didn't they relaunch Daredevil, like, a couple years ago? At, at the uh, Yeah, because uh, they had it so that, uh, let's see, Matt was in, Matt Murdock was in jail, so Elektra took over the title. But it was uh, Daredevil number one, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, it, it, and now yeah, they have so, another Daredevil number one. Yeah, so... Weird. Uh, with a bank-busting 10 cover variant, spine-tingling Spider-Man number zero with two cover variants, Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi number one with five cover variants, Venom number 25 with a wall-busting eight cover variants, Venom Annual number one with two cover variants, and Werewolf by Night number one 
for the Wallet Busting 6 cover variants. There are more, but it is the top of the hour. If you missed any part of the show so far, you can go ahead and check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcasts player provider provider yeah (laughs) sounds good enough (laughs) we'll be right back with more because we still got tony sanfilippo with the movies and our big interview with the steven provo coming up later in the show Back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So you guys uh, fans of the John Wick franchise? Yeah, I am, actually. All right. Well, you might be interested in this. Fans of the ever-growing John, uh, John Wick franchise will have a chance to enter the world themselves as part of the upcoming fan experience, the Continental, the Hotel Bar Experience, in celebration of the premiere of the spinoff TV series, the Continental from the world of John Wick, on September 22nd on Peacock, fans are invited to come for a cocktail experience that will feel fully immerse them in the world of John Wick. The limited-time experience is described as such. Step back in time to the 1970s to the world's most chic, sophisticated, and dangerously elite hotel in New York City. Ventured into the hotel's cryptic underworld for an unforgettable evening of decadent cocktails and live interactive storylines all with a killer twist. The fan experience is located at 982 Beaver Street in New York City's Financial District, which is the actual building that serves as the hotel's exterior in the screen franchise. Oh, wow. Fans who visit are, are, are described as assassin guests and will use the official continental currency of gold coins to purchase drinks and other things. One gold coin for $10 will get you beer, mocktails, and light bites. With two gold coins for $20 will get you wine, cocktails, and elevator bites. People can spend the whole experience in the bar lounge, or they can explore more of the hotel and back rooms to unlock the secrets of the Continental. The event described further warns, the the event description further warns you to keep an eye on everyone from the bellhops to the bartenders, n- noting that the alliances you pursue with characters and other guests at the Continental will be critical for for uncovering the dark secrets hidden inside the notorious hotel for assassins. Hmm. If you want to secure your invite to the Continental, there are tickets available for times on September 21st through the 24th, September 27th through October 1st, and October 4th through October 8th on feverup.com. The upcoming television limited series, The Continental from the World of John Wick, will premiere on Peacock on the 22nd and have three episodes total. Yep. Mm. That is a limited, limited series. That is. So that's that's actually like the true limited series. You yeah, know what I mean, three episodes. Yeah. I mean, shoot, they uh, why wasn't it, what? Remember when they did like uh, was that the Martian Chronicles? That <laughs> 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 was like twelve episodes or something like that on TV. Remember that? Everybody's like, "Wow, this is the longest thing ever." I guess I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't remember that Martian Chronicles? Sorry, really Mm-mm. on public TV? You don't yeah. remember the Martian? Okay. Oh, it's happening. 
Every year welcomes a slew of new anime, and many of them come from the world of weekly shonen jump. From Dragon Ball to My Hero Academia, some of the biggest anime series hail from the publisher. Soon we will learn what's in store for 2024 thanks to Jump Festa this winter. And the event has announced its stacked lineup this year. The update comes from... uh, Wow, I can't pronounce that. Uh, directly as the publisher posted its Jump Festa 2024 plans, it turns out a ton of series will be present at the event. And this includes hits such as One Piece, according to the stage announcements. The Red Super Stage will put sh- shows like One Piece up front. Its entire lineup consists of One Piece. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the third time it's mentioned it in three sentences. My Hero Academia, Jujitsu Kaisen, uh, Hoiku. Spy X Family, Kaiju Number Eight, Chainsaw Man, Prince of Tennis. I can't believe that's an actual show. That sounds like a Nintendo game. Uh, <laughs> Blue Exorcist and Roruni Kinshin. Roruni Kinshin, yeah. Wow, I actually kind of came close to pronouncing yeah, that yeah, right. I'm huh? impressed. Ooh, me too. Each year, Jump Fest. I'm going to screw up everything for the rest of the night. Now <laughs> I, I can just tell. Thanks. Each year, Jump Fest. Festa puts forward some of the industry's most exciting updates from trailers to posters and live-action adaptations. In fact, Jump Festa is where One Piece creator really announced plans for a live-action show. Currently, this year's show is slated to go down on December 16th and 17th in Japan ahead of the winter holidays. So you know where to be um, in December, if you can get time off. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Like, my my, uh, day job... From uh, November oh, yeah. no, I'm 24th until December yep. 25th. Yep. No vacation time is allowed. Yeah, mine's Period mine's still story. like three days after December 25th because it returns. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> that hurts. Yikes. So how would you like to watch Candyman at the University of Illinois, Chicago? Hmm. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I think that's I mean, where... I mean, it would be nice to watch it in someplace new. <laughs> Let's but. take it a step further with the actual classroom where Trevor lectures on modern or urban folklore. That's what I was going to say. I think that's mm. where... Yeah. Tony Todd going to be there? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Kitty Caperton's ongoing film series, Onset Cinema, immerses fans in movie-going experiences like no one, no, no, like no other. Uh, from Halloween at Michael Myers' house to The Shining at the Overlook and the facility at the high school, uh, where the whole alien invasion went down, Caperton has been delivering wonderfully unique experiences on set cinemas. Latest endeavor. It's sure to be equally as unique as Bernard Rose's 1992 modern horror classic screens on the university campus. Bernard Rose said in a statement, I'll be showing the movie inside the actual classroom where Trevor gives his lecture on modern urban folklore, and Helen isn't happy about it. The soundtrack will be playing. Everyone attending will get free candy as they enter the lecture hall. And just before the movie plays, I'll hold up a mirror and we'll all say together, Candyman, 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 Candyman. Mm-hmm. Do you have to say it five times? Or yes. Well, I didn't know. I didn't. Why did they have to say it? I guess this person was paid by the word. If you're interested, the event will be taking place Saturday, December 9th, 2023. 7 p.m. is uh, start time. Movie starts at 8 p.m. at the University of Illinois, Chicago, 1200 West Harrington Street, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, tickets are on sale right now at myershousenc.thunderticks.com. T-I-X. Ticks. Mm-hmm. And 
since we've already gotten to that point. Here are the cons events and events I was able to find going on worldwide. The week of September 11th through September 17th. Did I send them to you? No, you did not. Okay. Uh, I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking I'll go next week, next month, next year, they may not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, you can check them out. If they are not, check your local game, hobby, and comic book shops for great events going on in your area. If you have or know of a pop culture event coming up in your area, I can add to this list. Please contact me at popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Put a coming event in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the day or dates it will be running, and where it will be taking place. So I can add it to my upcoming lists. September 14th through the 17th is Forever Twilight in Forks Festival 2023. Various locations around Forks, Washington. Hmm. That's different. Yep. Uh, September 14th through the 17th is... For Serona Con 2023 <laughs> at the Holiday Inn, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Yeah, for Sona, yeah. What? Oh, for Sona. Oh. Yeah, what? that's what they call their personas when they're in their furry costumes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, September 15th through the 16th is Cartoon Palooza 2023 at Temecula Civic Center in Temecula, California. <laughs> what? Oh, I thought it said Moose. It's Monroe. September 15th through the 16th is Monroe Pop Fest 2023 at the First Merchants Bank Expo Center in Monroe, Michigan. September 15th through the 17th is Ancient CityCon 2023 at the World Golf Village Re- Renaissance. Renaissance, yep, in St. Augustine, St. Augustine, Florida. That is uh, one of the oldest forts in America, mm-hmm. too, by the way. Cool. September 15th, and where I got stung by a big, huge, giant wasp. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I did. Uh, we're, we're walking, like, me and my family. I don't know why uh, we've been to that fort like a billion times. Um, but it went underneath my shirt. And <laughs> all of a sudden, I felt this pain in my side. I'm like, ah, and this big, huge, giant wasp comes flying out. I, to this day, I have this big old circle of uh, uh, non-pigment from where it stung me. Wow. Huh. Very weird. Anyway, I didn't. <laughs> it was determined. Into... I mean, obviously, it claimed under your shirt. <laughs> uh, well, it was a baggy shirt, so but I don't know how or I anyway. <clears throat> anyway, uh, September fifteenth through the seventeenth. I was young too, so it probably wasn't that big of a wasp. It just looked <laughs> but, big to but, me. But you know, just your your child memory of it. <laughs> your perception. Like, you know... Yeah, it was gigantic. Yeah, and it keeps getting bigger like that fish that got away. Uh, September 15th through no, it was like only like an inch long, but still, when you're a kid. Yeah, well, yeah, when you're a kid, an inch is a mile, I mean. It is. Uh, or you're looking at a map. September 15th through the 17th is Anime Fargo 2023 to Ramada by Wyndham Fargo, Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, September 15th through the 17th is the Edmonton Expo 2023 at the Edmonton Expo Center, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. September 15th through the 17th is Phantasm Orlando 2023 at the Tree by Hilton Hotel, Orlando, Florida. September 15th through the 17th is Forever West 2023 <laughs> at the Holiday Inn in Laramie, Laramie, Wyoming. I didn't think that place would be big enough to have an event of any kind. Have you ever been to Laramie, Wyoming? Uh, no, first, I've only been to Evanston like, in Wyoming. Like Dayton. Hmm. That's how small it is. Hmm. Uh, September 15th through the 17th is Granite State Comic Con 2023 at the Doubletree by Hilton, Manchester, downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. September 15th through the 17th is Megaplex 2023 at the Hyatt Regency, Orlando, Orlando, Florida. September 15th through the 17th is Pecan 2023. <laughs> Literally, P 
hyphen con. Hmm. This is not a colon. Yes. Uh, the West Weston Dallas Fort Worth Airport, Irvine, Texas. September 15th through the 17th is TerraCon 2023 at the Royal Plaza Trade Center in Marlboro, Massachusetts. September 16th is Alpha Omega Con 2023 at the Light and Life Christian Fellowship in Long Beach, California. Huh. Alpha and Omega, that's appropriate for a uh, for being in a religious uh, center. Sure. September name. 16th is Chizucon 2023 at the Goodman Community Center, Ironworks, Madison, Wisconsin. September 16th is the Comic Book and Non-Sports Card Show 2023. September tw- at the Amadale Volunteer Fire Department, Amadale, Virginia. And then uh, September 16th is Fantasy Expo 2023 in Florencia Rossi, Point Es Shinsas in Budapest, Hungary. Okay. <laughs> Gesundheit to um, myself. Yes. And another alphabet con. <coughs> uh, September 16th is J-Con at the Riverside Center in Derby, UK. September 16th is Power Comic Con 2023 at the Florence Center in Florence, South Carolina. September 16th is the SWFL Steam Con 2023 at the German American Social Club of Cape Canaveral, Cape Canaveral, Florida. September 16th through 17th is Anamara Con 2023 at the Delta Hotel and Conference Center in Shirebrook, Quebec, Canada. September 16th through the 17th is Anime STX 2023 at the Rolling Oaks Mall in San Antonio, Texas. September 16th through the 17th is BrickFest Live Sacramento 2023 at the Safe Credit Union Civic Center, Sacramento, California. Then uh, September 16th through the 17th is Collecticon Charlotte 2023 at the Charlotte Convention Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Then uh, September 16th through 17th, 2023 is Comic-Con Freiburg 2023 in Messe Freiburg, Freiburg, Germany. And uh, also September 16th through 17th is Elfia Arsen 2023, uh, Castle de Har, Harsulians, Netherlands. Arsen at a castle? Really? Oh, I don't think it means the same thing. Oh, okay. It's not spelled the same. Okay. <laughs> Uh, April the September 16th through the 17th is Extremacon 2023 at the St. Robert Community Center in St. Robert, Missouri. September 16th through the 17th is London Comic Con 2023 at RBC Place London, London, Ontario, Canada. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. September 16th through the 17th is Palm, Palm Springs Card Show 2023 at the Palm Springs Convention Center in Palm Springs, California. September 16th through the 17th is QuadCon Brookville 2023 at the Brookville Square Mall, Brookfield, Wisconsin. Should I keep going? No, because there's two more pages, and that'd just be <laughs> ridiculous. I'm getting tired of talking about all those things. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, late last month, Nintendo shocked fans with the announcement that Super Mario voice actor Charles... Martinet wouldn't be reprising his roles in future games. Yeah. It's been confirmed that Martinet will not be the one voicing Mario and Luigi in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. But mm. the voice used in the game sounds similar. Based on comicbook.com's recent hands-on preview, speaking to IGN, uh, was it their hands-on preview or was it, were they speaking with uh, IGN? Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser addressed the change and revealed exactly when fans will learn who will be the new voice actor for Mario. Hmm. Hmm. His name is Bowser. I sense a conspiracy. I do too. I mean, uh, how ir- with the irony 
of somebody named Doug Bowser be the head of Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, I think people have recognized this when they see Super Mario Brothers Wonder. They'll hear a different voice, and we'll let that play out, and that'll be within, and and that'll be within the credits. You know, they should make like a little like Konami code thing. We have to like do like all this weird stuff to actually get to the credits <laughs> up, for it. Down, list. left, right, up, yeah. <laughs> a B, A B, up, up, down, down. Yeah, that that whole Konami code. Konami. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. So like B A start. Yep, yep. Okay, and uh, yeah. So Wonder will Super Mario Brothers Wonder will release October twentieth on Nintendo Switch. As such, fans will only have to wait a little over a month to find out who will be the new voice of Mario. It's certainly interesting that Nintendo has no plans to reveal the actor's name ahead of time. Naturally, fans have a lot of questions about the new voice, including whether I know it's not Chris Pratt. Uh, whether <laughs> well, at least the you act- hope it's not Chris Pratt. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> actor will be playing multiple roles, just as uh, Martinet did. Given the fact that Martinet's voice vocal style is still present in the game, it's clear that actor's impact on Mario will continue to be felt for a long time to come. In addition to voicing Mario, Martinet pub- provided the voices for several other Mushroom Kingdom characters, including Luigi, Wario. And Waluigi. 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 Walla Walla Walla. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed that Martinet will not reprise the role of Wario in WarioWare Move It, uh, which is slated to release in November. However, Martinet's voice will remain in the upcoming remaster of Luigi's Mansion colon Dark Moon, which will be arriving in 2024, which looks like the last time Martinet's voice will be heard in a Mario game, though it's, impo- though it's possible we could see him in other projects since he's staying on with Nintendo in a role as a brand ambassador. Huh. So, uh, Spencer got the Morocco code. <laughs> the Morocco code. <laughs> okay. Monaco code. Okay. I don't know what that means either. But we will be back with more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. So don't go anywhere. Whoa. Talking to Transformers. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. <laughs> everything you want, everything you need in Transformers, apparently. Yeah. Uh, you got the All Spark over there or something, Tony? Did you bring it back with you from Arizona? No. No. <laughs> I don't have that. You sound tired. Oh, I'm exhausted, man. Very <laughs> exhausted today. It's uh, 10.30 here. been up since oh. 6.30 this morning, so a little Oof. exhausted. Oof. But, uh, yeah. Ouch. No. So, I, I thought it was, uh, I, are you wondering now how Metallica does it all year round, mm-hmm. pretty much doing all that touring? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they take a lot of breaks, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> So, uh, here on Each Week, the film powers that be released dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards, but Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo horrible reviews is you can catch all of tony sanfilippo's reviews of concerts television shows and movies at filippo's horrible reviews he does have his reviews up of his uh two uh 
um, actually four Metallica concerts, uh, the two in uh, Texas and the two in Arizona, uh, if you want to go and check those out. That's a lot of Metallica. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. I actually got to go to three. They they got COVID, and I didn't see the second one in Arizona. Aww. Yeah, no. I'm I'm just hoping I get a refund from it. That's been uh, like pulling teeth. Really? I tell you. Hmm. Yeah, SeatGeek, so since Metallica rescheduled, Mm. they didn't really want to give a refund that was rescheduled. So Mm. it was more harder. So what Metallica really should have done is just canceled the dang show, in my opinion. Yeah. But if you got to attend it uh, the other night in Phoenix, uh, hopefully it was good. Oh, I thought there was, was, like was going to be more to that. <laughs> <Right>? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're all good. Sorry, and I apologize if there's loud banging in the back. They're setting off the fireworks here. Oh, why? The Broncos lost. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. I, I'm not making fun of you, but, uh, you know, I'm sorry to hear about the, but my Jags won. No, well. Opening day. Yeah, well, your Jags have our old kicker, McManus. Uh, our new kicker sucks. Uh, Plus, you still have so, Russell Wilson, so, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even really the problem today. It was, uh, you yeah, know, just uh, else. same old, same old. Okay. Hey, it could be worse. We could be the uh, Steelers or the Bengals. Oof, yeah. You know, those are two teams I did not expect to Detroit Lions. Well, yeah, the Chiefs were upset. Ooh, but at least yeah. they only lost. That by makes one point. me happy. So, um, oh, I know. You could also be the Giants right now. What is it? Thirty-three nothing right now. Oh, pummeled yeah. <laughs> by the Cowboys. Oh Ooh. man, you knew so it was going to be bad. Thing. We lost by one point. <laughs> they, you know that that that's what. That's going to be worse because if Dallas wins, then you get put up with all the Cowboy fans. And, uh, oh, they're that, going to the Super Bowl. They're so Come yeah. They're we won one game. We're going all the way. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> anyway, here on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, we utilize the carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Kaboom movie rating system. If it is uh, worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it is worth seeing in a theater as a matinee, or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so if it seems worth watching as it's on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch it while in COVID restrictions or anything else uh, or, or avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And it is deemed so awful you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown. And we only got four movies this week, Tony, so you get to go first. All right. Only four Let's see what I end up picking. Uh, Outlaw Johnny Black. Oh, good. bent on avenging the death of his father, Johnny Black vows to gun down Brett Clayton and becomes a wanted man in the process. He goes into hiding, posing as a preacher in a small mining town that's been taken over by the notorious Land Byron. (laughs) It doesn't sound so good, but here's my thoughts. From the team that did Black Dynamite, uh, the action and the humor look good. Looks like a unique Western. Uh, uh, never saw Black Dynamite, though. But uh, <clears throat> this does look entertaining enough where I'm not going to go rush to see it. But I would give it a blah. Hmm. didn't look that bad. All right. Looks like Tarantino-esque, you know? Yeah, dead. A little <laughs> bit there. So an Old West action comedy with a heavy emphasis on the comedy. I can't help but sound like Obi-Wan Kenobi lecturing Anakin for after he cut off his, his legs off. You were Spawn. You were supposed to be the chosen one. 
of course, I'm talking about uh, uh, Michael J. White. Uh, but now he's doing these uh, uh, best described as black exploitation films from yeah. the 1970s, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which this kind of is. And it actually is, uh, kind of plays itself off like that in kind of a spoofy sort of way. Actually, I'd like to put it out there right now when Marvel uh, slash DC brings in the X-Men to the MCU. If Bishop is added, Michael J. White has to be the one playing him. <laughs> That's a good choice. It is a very good Agreed. choice. Agreed. Agreed. Hands down. But as far as this here all movie is concerned, I would watch it, actually, just not in a theater. So I'm going to give it a blow, too. Uh, Spencer, what say you? Well, I love that, that uh, Michael J. White's kind of found his, na- his niche in the, the black exploitation movies. Yeah, but And I, he's also a very talented martial artist. The, 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 the showcasing they did in the trailer was really awesome, especially the part where he kept, you know, flipping the gun and ended up pointing it at the guy again, kept flipping it, pointing it at him again. You know, he kept trying to grab the gun. Slapping him, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And the gunplay looks really fun. And, (laughs) well, and there wasn't an unattractive person in the whole whole trailer. (laughs) Which is not the Old West. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, this, this, this looks like it should be so much fun. But unfortunately, uh, let's see. I don't think it's going to be released here locally. Uh, really? Is, is it? I've, I haven't heard anything I don't about know, it. Why not? Here. Okay. But if it is, I'll definitely go. I'll go see it. I'll uh, I'll take I'll take my whole family to go see it. <laughs> it. So I guess I'll go go with good on this one. Okay, Rob. What say you? Yes. Um. I actually I am a, a big fan of Michael J. White. I think he's a great martial artist. He has some great skills. A lot was show. They actually showcased a lot in the um, trailer. Very well. I like wow. the scene that he was able to. Uh, although it did disturb me. I don't know if anybody else caught it, but there's a lot of a uh, crotch shot, like crotch bashing shots. Uh, actually, like, uh, yeah, like, a, a lot. Like as, as, as a Kenpo guy, I, I have to say I, I, that's one of the reasons I really liked it. But um, but and, and I brought that up because I thought it was actually quite funny that he actually had one of those crotch shots that he spun the guy around after he like. Oh, I know. I like yeah, okay. So to me, that it's like was like a reversed helicopter. Yeah. So that like set the mood for me to like, okay, this is actually going to be like actually really funny. So um, I, I don't know. I actually thought it was just going to be coming straight to, because he does a lot of his is just straight to VOD. So I thought it was straight to VOD. So I was going to go blah because I thought that was the highest I could get it. Okay. <laughs> don't know, but uh, maybe it will. Who knows? All right. So one down, three to go. Next up, The Inventor. Uh, The Inventor follows famed inventor and artist Leonardo da Vinci after he leaves Italy for France. In his new new country, via da Vinci, I thought I said, anyway, da Vinci joins the French court (laughs) where he experiments with flying contraptions, invents machines, and studies the human body, all in an effort to answer the question, what is the meaning of life? And none of that is actually explored in the trailer. No, uh, what say, I, that doesn't sound like the trailer at all. Yeah, no, it didn't. What I what did I just get done watching? Was stop at motion animation that totally reminds me of the old holiday shows I used to watch when I was a kid. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, yep. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, etc., etc. This thing should definitely come with a disclaimer that it is not, and I repeat, not the reality of how Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> lived. And with that, touch brown. Tony, what say you? Uh, cool stop animation looks to be in the vein of Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman <laughs> or any of those awesome Christmas movies, so we match there. The movie does have uh, what seems to be a pretty good voice cast, and that's going to appeal to some. Or if you're a Leonardo da Vinci fan, you may be interested. For me, I'm 
never going to be sitting down to watch this at all. So with all the nice things I said, it is a touch brown for me as well. <laughs> oh, okay, Rob, what's that? You just got to go with it. <laughs> I, I just wonder if Ray, uh, is going, Ray from uh, Star Wars is going to be singing since Disley Ridley plays one Ray. of the voices. <laughs> I don't want to hear Ray sing again. Yeah. It has this. This movie has Stephen Fry in it. That's a good thing. Okay. Um, he's actually kind of funny, but other than that, um, yeah, it didn't appeal to me. I, I was not a fan of Rudolph or any what? Of those. Those ones, I don't know. I just the, it disturbs me that animation. I don't know why. You know what? Next break, but I got it, something to play for you. I did a version of uh, remember uh, um, San. The Year Without Santa Claus, uh-huh. I did a version, uh, an industrial metal version, kind of a punk rock okay. type version of uh, the Heat Miser song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull it well, up for you. See, like, that's what I was thinking of with this was like the Heat Miser, because I guess I'm the Heat Miser. <laughs> but I, I just did not, I don't know. The, like I said, the animation just, I was not a fan of the animation in the old days, and I'm not a fan of it now. Okay. Um, and it. I don't know. It seems kind of boring for a story. <laughs> so to me, it was a touch brown. Okay. Spencer, what say you? Well, uh, I liked a lot of the cast in it. Yeah. I've, I've liked Stephen Fry since, uh, you know, a bit of Fry and Laurie, you know, that, that was a lot of fun and everything I've seen him in, he's, he's always been, he's often been the best part of it. And, um, and the, the, the art style, you know, it, it, it is very, the old, uh, you know, the old uh, holiday animes, but also you know, has a Wallace and Gromit feel to it, and um, and it was written by the guy who did, who did Ratatouille, which was pleasantly surprised me. I thought it was I, I thought I was going to hate Ratatouille, so uh, so I'm willing to let him pleasantly surprise me again, but uh, not in a the theater. I will do it uh, at uh, on video at home. Uh, so uh, blah. Okay, the only outlier in that one was uh, Spencer. And well, yeah, and I, I didn't make a, let a complete straight uh, skid mark happen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> all, right, all right, Tony, uh, what is next? Okay, so the 400 pound is the haunting in Venice, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Or do yeah. we yeah. not have one? Yeah, yeah so, sounds, uh, sounds, okay. sounds good enough. So, <laughs> so I'll go with satanic Hispanic. <laughs> uh, when police raid a house in El Paso, they find it full of dead Latinos, and there's only one survivor. He's known as the Traveler, and when they take him to the station for questioning, he tells them those lands are full of magic and talks about the horrors he's encountered in his long time on this earth, about portals to other worlds, mythical creatures, demons, and the undead, stories about Latin American legends. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Ped- Pedro Pedro was voted, and now he's in charge. He's in charge of the vampires and the emos in El Paso. Lots of crazy stuff going on here. And the last thing that sticks in my mind is the Vince McMahon demon saying, See you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> the movie looks silly, over the top, definitely not my <laughs> cup of tea. So I'm going to skip this. Touch brown. Oh wow! Okay, uh, the trailer was a little confusing. Yeah. The trailer was a little confusing, but the trailer really draws you in if you're a horror fan. Uh, the notion of portals to explain all kinds of monstrous stuff is a cool concept, but how did the guy end up being the lone survivor? I guess I'll find out when I watch. But I got to say, it'll be as a matinee. I'm actually going to give this one a so-so. Mm. 
So, Spencer, what say you? Well, I love movies like this, and they have not done any really good anthology movies for so long. I am really looking forward to this. You know, I loved like Creep Show back in the day, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. You know, uh, I remember. I still have a, a, a mental image in my head of uh, you know when it goes Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, and you see uh, Christian Slater just pop up from behind a refrigerator door with a with an electric knife and just goes, and it just makes me laugh all the time. So I love uh, like horror uh, horror anthology movies, and you know, and again, John Carpenter did one. I think it was Graveyard Shift. I can't remember, but me neither. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one. It's hard to find, but um, and it sounds like that this Traveler is is kind of how they're. It's like with heavy metal, how they had the connecting tissue to put all the stories together. So it sounds like that's kind of the what the portals and stuff is kind of the connecting tissue on how the all, how all the movie all, all the stories will interconnect, and uh, I am interested on in seeing their take of La Rona. So uh, I'm I'm going to give this one another one. It's just another good for me. I, this is this is right up my alley. Okay, so. um, you're just banging them out of the park. Good blog, good so far. Uh, Rob, what say you? Uh, yes, actually, um, it looks like they're jumping on the Latino bandwagon as Latino horror is in this year. Uh, Hollywood Horror Nights is doing big houses, scare houses with um, homages to uh, Latino uh, monsters and some that we've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, you know, as an American, have never heard of. But um, so it's intriguing. You know, um, it actually looks decent. Um, it looks like it's better quality than like VHS. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. Um, yeah, those were actually eighty-five. Or yeah, someone. they were actually decent, but they could have been better quality in my idea. I mean, I know they were going with that whole VHS feel, but anyways, it looks like this is going to be along those same lines. And I like those movies. I think they're interesting. Um, there's usually like a couple good stories, and there's just like one that like, why was this one even in here? So. Um, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen because that's always like the bummer of the anthology movies. There's always one that just like it just brings you down. Like the whole like you're like oh ugh, why was that in there? Like <laughs> I think the Dracula one is the one that's going to bring everybody down. Yeah, yeah I think right, so. my prediction. I, it, it depends. I mean, I don't know because it looks like they're going for like scares. So if they go for as scary, you know what I mean, and then some comedies, or that could be the comedic one, and the, so I, I don't know. But um, it actually looks pretty decent, so um, I would say um, so-so. Oh, okay. Best rated one so far, despite Tony's touch brown. (laughs) 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 All right, which brings us to the 400-pound gorilla-la-la in the room this week, A Haunting in Venice. A Haunting in Venice is set in an an eerie post-World War II Venice on All Hallows' Eve and is a terrifying mystery featuring the return of the celebrated sleuth Hercule Hercule Poirot. Now retired and living in self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city. Really, that's not self-imposed exile. Let's call it Bender. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) on that note, it is time for us to take a break. Uh, When we get back, it'll be more. We'll be finishing up movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Uh, So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. On the phone with us is Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews. You can check out all of his reviews on his Facebook page. Filippo's Horrible Reviews, when he posts, I do repost to the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed uh, in case you miss it. But uh, definitely give his page a like or a follow. We're going over this week's upcoming movies. And so far, uh, what we got going on is Outlaw Johnny Black. Uh, Spencer gave it a good. Tony, Rob, and I gave it a blah. The Inventor. Spencer gave it a blah. And Rob, Tony, and I gave it Touch Browns. Satanic Hispanic. Spencer gave it a good. Rob and I gave it so-sos. And Tony gave it a Touch Brown. Which brings us to the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week. A Haunting in Venice. A Haunting in Venice is set in eerie post-World War II Venice on All Hallows' Eve. And is a terrifying... Mystery, featuring the return of the celebrated sleuth Hercule Perrault, now retired Hercules, and now retired and living in self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city, Perrault reluctantly attends a séance at a decaying, haunted Palaz, Palaz, Palazzo. Palazzo, yeah. Uh, when one of the guests yeah. is murdered, the detective is thrust into a sinister world of shadows and secrets. Shadows and secrets. Shadows and secrets. <laughs> anyway, um, I got to say that out of all of the Peru murder <laughs> mysteries that Agatha Christie has done, even though I'm not into supernatural horror, this one looks really creepy and, dare I say, fun. <laughs> that bathroom scene? Awesome. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. Anyway, uh, I just wish yeah. he had a different facial hair for the pettiest reasons it bothers me. But anyway, I give this a <laughs> the trailer anyway, uh, or the movie, I give a so-so. Tony, what say you? Uh, the third film in which Kenneth Braha plays Belgian detective Hercule Poirot? I don't Hercule know. Hercule Poirot. Hercule Poirot. He's French, I guess. I, I don't know. I should know it because I've seen it follows Murder on the Orient Express, which I did like that. Death on the Nile, which I hated. Uh, so maybe this will be in the middle. Um, looks like a good murder mystery with some horror in it. It's got Tina Fey and Michelle Yao in it. I definitely want to see it. Um, I don't know if I'll go to the theater. Eh, what? I probably would, but matinee, blah. Or, I mean, so-so, excuse me. All right. Spencer, what say you? Yeah, I, I do like a well-put-together mystery you know, movie, but uh, that is very difficult to do because, like uh, like Tony was saying, you know, the, fir- the Murder on the Orient Express, I mean, that, that one's just a classic. Hard to mess up, I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, the Nile one didn't do it for me. But uh, but this one, you know, Hercules, Hercule Poirot's mustache is actually toned down from what it was in, like, the Nile one. I mean, that one... That was a mighty mustache in the second mighty, one. Mighty, mighty. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I have loved Michelle Yeoh since Super Cop. I believe I have mentioned that before. To every yeah. episode. Yes. Every time, <laughs> every time she is going to be on, I will mention that every time because I love Michelle Yeoh. I would expect nothing less. Yeah. And because of that, I will go to see it. But I will, I will wait to see it at home. So I will give this a so-so. Oh. That's not at home. That's you a mean block. a block? Oh, block. Well, no, I'll go, no, I'll go so-so. I'll, 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 I'll give it a matinee. Okay. All right, Rob, what say you? Uh, Tina Fey, Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> Kenneth Braun. It actually has, like, a good cast. It doesn't necessarily mean a lot yeah, nowadays. Because, but, the Nile one had a good um, cast, and oof. As I was saying, it doesn't necessarily mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but however, this one actually looks like there's a real haunting in Venice. Um, so I'm, I'm very much intrigued. I love these type of movies. You guys all know that. Um, and I actually am in this one actually intrigues me. I love the bathroom scene. I thought that was like, although I'm kind of disappointed, I'm sad that they included so much of it in the trailer. I wish they would have left some of it out. Was that the whole scene? I believe so. Cause, uh, you know, cause then there's another one where he like talks about like how he was attacked, like exactly how that happened. Something you know. here is trying to kill me. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm assuming it was the whole bathroom scene, you know, but I don't know. It looks good. Um, I would definitely probably, I like, I liked the other ones. I would not, I didn't actually see the other ones in the theater. Uh, but this one actually would draw me to go to see it in the theater. So I would say so, so. Oh, wow. Okay. That was a first ever. All of us gave it a so-so movie, a so-so. Wow. So, so I guess by law averages, does that uh, make that the best rated one? Or is it still uh, Satanic Hispanics? Uh, for this week? Yeah. Uh, this week, yeah, that one's the best one. Because hmm. you're good and Tony's touch brown kind of... Castle each other mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I kind of killed it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite all right. So those are your movies this week. The 400-pound gorilla in the room this week. A Haunting in Venice. Uh, everybody gave it a so-so. Satanic Hispanics. Spencer gave it a good. Rob and I gave it so-sos. Antonio gave it a touch brown. The Inventor. Spencer gave it a blah... Tony, Rob, and I gave it touch browns. Outlaw. Um, hold on. Let me get to that. Outlaw Johnny Black. That's it. Yeah, Outlaw Johnny Black. The Outlaw Johnny Spencer Black. Spencer gave that one a good, and uh, Tony, Rob, and I gave it blahs. So, yeah. Um, so, not a bad selection of movies this week. There was only four, though. Next week, uh, we're back to five again. Actually, there was a lot next week. I just had to narrow it down to five, so some of these might be changing. Shaky Shivers. <laughs> Shaky shivers. Yeah. Shaky by shivers. I have no idea. I know it's a horror movie. That's all I know. Oh, gosh. Now I'm even more worried. (laughs) Shaky shivers. Sounds like it could be a bad pirate movie. Uh, Yeah. I I think it's like a SpongeBob based pirate movie. I don't don't know. (laughs) We'll we'll find out. What's the genre we need to avoid because we've we've come across movies that were thriller? Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones I avoid now because, oh, yeah, it's a thriller. Uh-huh. Expendables 4. Yay. Yay. It lives inside. Okay. Oh, it does. It lives inside. Dark Asset. Oh. And Night Siren. Yeah, huh. And uh, and uh, Night Sirens. So those yeah. are the uh, five next. Yeah, week. the only thing, the only thing that'll make it make me touch brown, like uh, the Expendables movie would be if they show an extended scene of Sylvester Stallone running. Because in the first Expendables movie, I saw him running from away from an explosion, and it looked like his knees hurt. <laughs> <laughs> My knees hurt watching him run away from that explosion, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that man looks like his, his joints are gone. <laughs> yeah, it does. So I know you've been oh, yeah. very, very busy lately, Tony, but have you had a chance to watch anything? No, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen nothing. I, oh. I'm currently doing this show here in Florida. Uh, You're in Florida right now? I thought you were back home. I'm in Florida. What the uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's where, that's where the 10 o'clock came into play. Oh, okay. <laughs> outside of the Magic Kingdom, yeah, sorry. there was. That's where the fireworks were going mm. off. Ah. Like, I'm just getting, before the show, I'm just getting caught up on, like, the Broncos and the highlights and, and all that. But this is it. This is the last uh, vacation 
uh, I'm out until November, so <laughs> there won't be no more. Tra- uh, I'll be home for next week. So actually, I'll have to do it from Costco next week, which is kind of lame because I have to close. Yeah, I got got rotated back to the front, so I got all these late crummy shit. <laughs> back to the front. So, Okay. Back to the front. Yeah. So, so I'll be doing it. So Speaking can, of yeah, Metallica. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Spencer? Oh, just wondering, did we want to have Tony chime in on the Phoenix question of the week this week? Oh, um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. What, what was it? Um, let, me, it let me, I didn't, I in didn't the world of film email. and television, musicians have made an indelible mark in our culture and the industry. This being said, the Phoenix question of the week asks of the following, which made which has made the greatest contribution to film or television? We'll just give you the names. Instead Ice of, Cube, mm-hmm. you know who that is. Oh yeah, you know, and you know the films he's been in. Yeah, uh, Eminem, he's been in like three okay. films. Uh, Debbie yeah. Harry. Okay. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. David Bowie. Ooh, okay. And Ice T. I'm gonna go um, as much as I I love Flea and Back to the Future. And <laughs> what I are you, McFly? Son, Chicken. Son in law. <laughs> yeah, that's classic. He's. I mean, that would probably be the biggest of a ball. I know David Bowie and Labyrinth. Um, I'm gonna go with Ice Cube just because of his longevity in all the different movies he's done. He's put out a lot. Yeah, the... Not saying they're all good. <laughs> but, like the first, but the first quantity Friday over quality. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the next Friday wasn't bad, and he was in a lot of good stuff. Ice-T would probably be right behind him. Because okay. um, Debbie Harry, I can't think of anything she's been in. I'm sure... Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, thing. Copland, with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did. I it remember bad. it was boring. Yeah. I watched the screener at Video Maniacs when yeah. we were there in Hollywood. Wow. It was, it was, it was yeah, bad. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, and then Rob and I added uh, LL Cool J to the list. That's a good one. That, that LL would be a good one. He's been in a lot. I went with Will Smith. Yeah, yeah and, and, See, and Jimmy. Really good. Yeah. Jimmy, that's a good one, man. Uh, other notables really that I listed was uh, Jared Leto. Um, what was his band? Okay. 30 Seconds to Mars. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, yeah. Uh, Bing Crosby, uh, Dean Martin, Harry Connick Jr., Barbara Streisand, uh, who was in Yentl, uh, Cher, <laughs> Uh, who was in a, a, a lot, a lot of movies, yeah. mostly mostly drama yeah. stuff. Let's see, like Mask. Um, yeah, she was in Mask. Moonstruck. Yeah, Moonstruck. Yeah, oh, that's, uh, that's a great question. You could throw Jack Black in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, you don't. No, you couldn't. Tenacious. He started in Tenacious D before he was. I don't care, but I just don't like Jack Black. Really? His best movie performance was The Jackal when Bruce Willis shot him. Uh, oh, that. that's right. He wasn't. There's another vintage video maniac movie there. And he started with a movie with wow. Will Smith, too. Uh, what was that uh, with uh, Gene Hackman in it? Um, it was Will uh, Smith. Enemy of the State. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so. Hmm. And he didn't die in that one. Oh. I wish he would have. And uh, Bette Midler. What? She was in Hocus Pocus and all those movies. Yeah. So. God, dang, that's good. I, well, if you throw Will Smith in there, then obviously him. He has the biggest. Biggest well, career of them all. Yeah, but, if, you go by box uh, office if it was, yeah. if it was just the Phoenix uh, choices, it, it would. I would have to go with the uh, Ice Cube. Okay, 
Oh, fair enough. I definitely wouldn't go Eminem. I, I can only think of Eight Mile he was in. Yeah, that's. I, I was yeah, the other two movies that, that were listed were like, what, what in the world uh, is this? Yeah, I mean, music videos yeah. don't count. Right? <laughs> no. Uh, so, um, all right. So, uh, let me see. Oh, what did you do? Stellar question. Did though. you have a stellar chance? question. No, that was a pretty good one. Uh, did you get a chance to uh, check out the uh, trailer for uh, Godzilla Minus One? No, I thought of you though, because <laughs> we had the, the so the TV trailer, right? They're going to do the TV show. Yes, so yeah. And then they've got, and then they're going to base. There's uh, Japan's actually got the movie coming out in December, uh-huh. right? Yep, that's yeah, the right Godzilla there. minus one, and the uh, Netflix or the uh, Apple TV series mm. is called Monarch, uh, Legacies. Mo- uh, Monarch Legacies. So um, both okay. uh, both trailers looked actually really really good. So Godzilla was. Uh, well, I- God, destroying another bridge point, like the first movie. Yeah. No, and that's good. It's always great when they try to take a because it's not going to have any continuation of what's been going on, right? No, because like, this is done by Toho. Godzilla Kong. Uh, okay. No, um, so yeah, the Godzilla minus one is kind of it looks like a reboot of the original Godzilla yeah. one because it's, it's set in you know mm-hmm. post World War Two. Yeah, right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So, but it looks looks good. Looks really good. So uh, when no, you get a chance, watch good. it. I know, I know you and Scott would definitely be excited for it. The minute I saw it was announced, I go, <laughs> yeah. ooh, yeah, that's going to be good. And then the good thing Don't is with I... Toho movies lately, they've been putting fewer and fewer plucky humans in so that they don't detract as yes. much from the kaiju time. Unlike the God, uh, Gamma good. Rebirth that I watched. So, Oh, t- um, Eric says Tank Girl is on Tubi. Okay, I'll give Tank Girl a watch. That's uh, one of Oh, that's what, Lori Petty? Yeah, yeah. Lori Petty. Ice-T is uh, yeah. the, one of the, the head of the mutant kangaroo men. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I just, again, not to keep saying video maniacs, but I keep hearing old school movies like that. I see the box <laughs> art, and I totally, you say Tank Girl, I picture the uh, box art in my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I picture the comic book, actually, because that's where it, got, it came from. So, just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Toidles. Um, all right. Toidles. And if you get a chance, don't watch uh, Gamera Rebirth. Um, that that just I like that. If you get a chance, don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. How about just if you're if you're ever yeah. tempted, yeah, just avoid it. <laughs> well, well, it's been crazy. I haven't even gone to see a movie lately. Just I've been super busy. Like I wanted to see Blue Beetle. It got good reviews. Did you guys end up seeing that? No. My daughter did. She said it was really good and then she's like for a dc movie it was really really good <laughs> that's what i keep hearing too everyone's like for a dc movie it's good but it's like what is are that, we basing it on I was gonna say, is that is that, is that the, like, the very like, definition of damning it with fake praise well yeah it's just dc movies are so bad lately yes they are Yes, they have been. For and I was going to say, I'm starting to feel like Marvel's going that way. Oh, Marvel I, I has been. Secret Invasion. Oh, that was Secret terrible. Invasion is yeah. a, it's awful. Oh, it was so it's boring. So and I think, and I actually have to say, too, I think the Marvels looks crappy. No, yes. we haven't got to that trailer yet, but... Ugh. I'm actually, I, I'm actually excited good. about it just because I and watched. Actually, the one I uh, watched the TV series, and that's in the series okay. ended with her exchanging I, places with Captain Marvel. I so, like, <laughs> I want it to be good. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I do too. I, I, I'm intrigued on how they're going to do it because every time they use their powers, they keep switching. Yeah. So, yeah. so when they're fighting the last uh, person, I like that battle's got to be amazing. How they're like, oh, that's got to be so much chaos. Yeah. I could yeah. not imagine but, being the editor. 
I did like Monica Rambeau from uh, yes. WandaVision. I, I have to make that's a, cool. I, I have to make a correction here really quick. It was Crystal who said that Tank Girl was on Tubi, oh. not not Eric. Oh, oh Crystal. So, Hi, Crystal. Sorry, well, thank Crystal. you, Crystal. Sorry also, about that. I know we got Loki in a few weeks. That yeah, was awesome. The last uh, Marvel TV show of the year. Yep, and uh, actually yeah. the only decent-looking Marvel TV show of the year. Too. I'm disappointed though because I've been waiting this. for Echo. Uh, well, but that's oh, not the. Okay. Well, that's I did say the, of the right. year. I know. Well, no, because they were supposed to release Echo this year, and then they changed their whole yeah. timeline again. Um, and uh, yeah. but Eric wants to know what everybody's opinion of Ahsoka. Tony, have you been watching Ahsoka? No, that's why I was just going to ask you guys if you've seen it. Yes. We're actually you've been watching. We're going to binge it. No, I when, definitely. Uh, it's on back. my uh, high on my to watch list. Though. Okay, so Rob yeah. and I have been watching Same with it. Me. Um, the first three episodes were kind of. Eh, I mean, it was actually more star wars than the last couple of very star fit. wars things that were released so i mean you know you know how i am with prequels and <laughs> so i didn't not like obi-wan kenobi at all or obi-wan or kenobi or whatever it was kenobi, called yeah <laughs> um so i did not like that at all um but uh you know it is what it is uh the last episode four was really really good mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that one um and so i'm waiting for number five or episode five to come out so um, is it a is it a six episode series? Or? So that's what six. I think. Six, yeah, six. six or eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but all hey, right, that but music means like, we gotta go. But if you like rebels, all right, great. we'll talk more next week, fellas. Have a good show. Talk to you then. Definitely. And if you missed any part of the show tonight, definitely go and check out the Pop Culture Boom podcast. It is on all the major podcast platforms, and we will be right back with more Pop Culture Boom radio show. So don't go anywhere. Spencer Stoner, Rob Nault, and I, your not-so-humble host, Jimmy Jones. This is the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Being an author, like any craft, is a journey of the person who's doing it. Sometimes we as readers join them on their creative wanderings, but it's not our journey. It is theirs, and sometimes that path can lead to unexpected places. Joining us tonight is prolific author of over 50 books, including the fantasy series Academy of the Lost Labyrinth, Nightmare's Eve, Crimson's Scourge, Rise of the Fourth Horseman, and his latest book, A Complete Departure from Any of Those, Sierra Highway, U.S. 395, and El Camino Sierra in California and Nevada, a historic travelogue, Mr. Stephen H. Provo. And how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? So how do, what do you think of that intro? <laughs> I think that was fantastic. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, so it has not been that long that you've actually been writing it, but you've uh, already accumulated 50 books. Uh, how long ago did this uh, journey into uh, um, actually a novel writing uh, begin? My first novel was a book called Identity Break that I wrote and published myself back in... Uh, Oh, about 2016, I'd been writing other books, nonfiction books before that, um, for about two or three years, and that was a dystopian science fiction teen-type uh, adventure with a big twist in the middle of it. Uh, and then I got published by uh, a traditional publisher out of Fresno, a book called Memortality, which is a book about a woman who can bring 
people back to life through the power of her mind. She has an eidetic memory, and because she has this eidetic memory, if she knows someone real well, she can piece them back together, literally. And it's not a ghost. She actually brings them back to, back to life. Oh, and wow. so that was the concept of that. And there's a, a sequel to that called Paralucidity. Um, so th- that was my first... Um, I always wanted to be a novelist. I started to be, uh, started off being a journalist because I didn't think I could make any money writing books. But then journalism kind of went in the tank, so I decided I'm going to write books after all. <laughs> okay, and uh, and your career has pretty much taken off from there. I mean, you got a pretty good following. Yeah, I do. I and and since moving to Nevada, I've been here about a year and a half now. I've uh, really cultivated a good group of, of people who support my work and who enjoy my work. And uh, you've uh, quite an interesting, um, uh, for lack of better terminology, collage of uh, different kinds of uh, uh, material. Because usually a a writer, they get pigeonholed into, you know, like Stephen King. He's a horror writer. He's just going to write horror. Or uh, Dean Koontz, he kind of writes the uh, uh, horror kind of thrillers. Um, Other people like uh, um, L. Ron Hubbard gets kind of classified as being just a straight-up science fiction guy. Um, But you're kind of the anomaly. You don't really stick to any one particular genre. Uh, You wrote a book about uh, Mark Twain's Nevada, Samuel Clemens in the Silver State. Um, And also you've been writing a lot of books lately, um, or actually throughout your career, about um, the highway system in the United States. Um, as well as the uh, science fiction and the horror and the fantasy novels that you've been writing. So kind of an interesting kind of menagerie going on there, right? It is. I have a variety of interests, and I write pretty much what I want to write. That's the beauty of being someone who publishes under his own imprint, and I have my own imprint. I do pretty much everything myself. I design the books. I design the covers. I write the books, I do the photography, I assemble the historical photography for the highway books, and then put everything together. And my wife, Sharon, uh, edits it for me and helps me do some of the research for it as well. Uh, But I I do things that that I just kind of, hey, that interests me at the time. Um, The horror book that I wrote is called Nightmare's Eve, and that started out as a short story that I submitted to a few publications. And they passed on it, and I decided, well, I'm going to just write more of these because I'm not a horror writer, but I want to see if I can do it. And so I wrote 16 of these um, short stories, compiled them into this this, uh, compendium called Nightmare's Eve, and published it myself, and then sent it off to one of the uh, publishers that had originally rejected it for a review. And I got a review on... Their, uh, from their magazine that was very positive and said some of the stories missed the mark, but by and large, a lot of them did really well, and they recommended it, and they said, you know, Rod Serling had a number of writers that worked with him on The Twilight Zone, which is his pattern after, and yet this guy came up with all this stuff himself, and I thought, wow, this is a really nice review, and it's something I had never done before was, was the horror genre. Interesting. So are there any plans to t- take like Nightmare's Eve and uh, turn it into the, because we just reviewed uh, for our movie segment, an anthology movie series called Satanic Hispanic. Um, anybody, any bites yet on turning that into like an anthology movie or TV series? Nothing like that so far. I'd love to um, hear about uh, ideas in that vein, but I haven't gotten anything 
uh, of that uh, of that sort yeah no I'm, I'm still writing some in that genre we have a I have an anthology that I'm putting together of different northern Nevada writers that's coming out on, in November, and I've contributed a story toward that that's very much in the horror, um, I wouldn't say horror like grisly horror, but horror like mind-bending horror, like Black Mirror or Twilight Zone, um, and it's set in, in Nevada itself. And uh, so I'm looking forward to having that come out. Hmm. And you've also started something very unique um, that I wanted to touch on because uh, there's a Facebook page, page for it as well as a website, and it's at Aces of Northern Nevada. Uh, you can go and check it out at acesofnorthernnevada.com, all one word. Um, and it's a, a local online bookshop for basically just Nevada writers, no matter what the genre. That's correct. It's It's something that I started... Because when I moved to Carson City, I noticed we didn't have a bookstore. Um, there's a, a used bookstore in association with a library, and then there's a bookstore down in uh, Minden Gardnerville area, a small bookstore down there. But that's it. There's nothing. There's no new bookstore here. I, I was told that the borders closed um, 2011 or some uh, quite a while ago. Anyway. Yeah, and and and, and a couple of months later, it was a Spirit Halloween store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite yeah, literally. Exactly. Yeah, typical. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I decided, hey, I don't have the wherewithal to put together a bookstore, a physical bookstore. I don't want to do that. I would prefer to spend my time writing books myself. But I want to help other authors promote their work and get it out there, and there's no way to do that in Carson City. So I knew how to put together a website based on a template that I was using for my own website, and I thought I could do the same thing for authors here in northern Nevada and help them get the word out about their books. And so I just floated this idea. I said, hey, I'm going to do this. Um, would Who would like to be involved? And I got this great response. It's set up like a bookstore with different topics. So you can go to the topic area, um, mystery, science fiction, horror, fantasy, whatever you're looking for, and click on the JPEG of the cover when there's a little bit of a detail on what, what the book is about underneath. And it's not an actual bookshop. It's a portal that takes you to the seller's bookshop, whether that be an Amazon page or their own personal website or a Barnes & Noble page, whatever they choose to do. So it's a, it's kind of a, a web portal or a, um, a, a way to get from one place to another and to promote these authors' works. And they, right now we have 45 authors involved and two more who want to be involved. In, and it's, oh, it, it is free to anyone, any author in northern Nevada who wants to be involved. Um, I don't make any money out of it. I'm just trying to help other authors because there are a lot of scam artists out there, to be blunt, who will try to take authors' money because they want to get published and they want to get promoted and I know what that's like, so I don't want other people to go through that if they don't have to. So I decided to start this website to help people out. Trust me, that that's in all industries, uh, whether it be film, comic books, uh, uh, music, um, and, uh, of course, uh, literature. There, there's always going to be those those kind of, uh, you know, well, pyramid schemes, I guess, is the best way to phrase it, where you yeah. send them money and they'll get you published or blah, 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 blah. It's always, it, it goes back to that old old adage, if it's uh, too good to be true, it isn't. It probably is. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> um, but so uh, how long has uh, Aces of Northern Nevada been up? Uh, it's that, been up 
about six months now. Oh, okay. So it's, it's still relatively new. Um, uh, any uh, notable, uh, um, aside from yourself, any uh, notable authors that, uh, um, hold on a second. Uh, uh, okay. I'm, Eric in uh, Whittier, California has a question for you. We're talking about Northern Nevada writers, Eric. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'll, I'll ask in a second. But uh, any notable authors um, uh, that, aside from yourself, that are on the site currently? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Janice Oberding, um, who is a uh, a horror writer and a paranormal investigator, has, has uh, about 40 books out. She's up there, and she's a Virginia City resident, and she's well-known. You'll see her books all, all around. Um, Bill Brown, who used to be, for many years, an anchorman in, in Reno and is now an author, has several books on the site. And... Um, uh, Tammy Grace, who is a a, uh, a best-selling USA Today best-selling author from, I believe, Fallon, is on there. And um, Sandy Linnae, who is here in Carson City, has written a number of Nevada-based books. Again, some paranormally um, influenced books. And uh, so there, there are a number of uh, people who who you might know. Okay. Um, any plans on uh, expanding it to like events and like having like a, I don't know, like a convention or something with all the local authors and uh, that people could go to? No, con- no, no concrete plans, but it's something that I would like to do. And, and to that end, I was referring to the anthology earlier. The anthology is actually an ACES-based product. And the, oh. the idea is to get local authors who are involved in ACES Oh, and another author who's involved is uh, Richard Moreno, who you may know used to be the publisher of uh, of Nevada Magazine and has published several books in the in the area. He's a well-known uh, history history writer, yeah. um, and so he's involved. But the uh, the idea is to get these folks to contribute a story to this anthology, and 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 to help them promote themselves, but also to help them promote Aces as a site. And so any money that I get from this um, goes into up, um, upkeep of the website, you know, the, the yearly fee of the website. Uh, and if there's any extra, I'm going to put it toward just the kind of event that you're talking about. Um, the, the folks who are involved in the anthology get to purchase copies themselves at my cost and, and sell them wherever they want to, and they retain the rights to any story that, are, that is in the anthology. So they get uh, the ability to share their, um, to, to promote themselves through the anthology and to promote ACES as well. Okay. Cool. Um, as far as uh, your own writing career goes, uh, you have the latest book out, um, which I just completely lost, so give me a second here. Uh, Sierra <laughs> Sierra Highway, US 395 in El Camino, Sierra, in California and Nevada, a historic travelogue. Um, what got you into writing about to say, doing a, you know, like travel books, basically? That's an interesting question. I started out writing, I had moved to San Luis Obispo from my hometown, Fresno, and I was missing Fresno oddly enough, because a lot of people think Fresno is the armpit of California. But, um, I grew up there, and I loved the place uh, in certain in certain respects, and I, I missed it. And so I wanted to have a, a book that looked back at what Fresno was like when I was growing up. So I called it Fresno Growing Up, 1945 to 1985. And the, the road that goes through Fresno is Highway 99, and I took many trips on Highway 99, primarily to the south, when I was a child to visit my grandparents down in Orange County and uh, Lagoon Hills. Uh, 
And so that was kind of a natural second book uh, about my childhood, my childhood memories. And I started investigating highways. And so that led me to write a, a, a book about U.S. 101 because I was living on U.S. 101 at the time in the San Luis Obispo County area. Uh, the current book, I've, I've actually written a dozen books about highways. So it just kind of mushroomed or snowballed from there. And the current book is a book that I had an idea for that was supposed to be the third in a series in the series to go with Highway 99 and Highway 101, but it never came to pass because I ended up moving out of the West Coast and back to Virginia, and I never thought anything would come of it. But I moved back here to Carson City a year and a half ago, and my fiance at the time, now my wife Sharon. Uh, had lived here for 30 years. So she was like, let's show you around and let's get you back into highways. And, and I was all for it. So we went on all these different trips. We, and I did a book on the Lincoln Highway in, in Nevada, the America's Loneliest Road, US 50. I did a book on Lincoln Highway in California. Uh, I did the book, uh, a book on uh, old US 40 in Nevada, which is now I-80, but used to be the Victory Highway. And but the first one we did a tour of was US 395. And for some reason, I, that just got put on the back burner. And just this past few months, my interest was rekindled in it because we took a trip to Northern California, which is an area of the highway that I hadn't seen. So I decided, you know what? I'm really passionate about this again. So I'm going to finally make this happen. And I put it out, and at her behest, I put out a color version, which is something I'd never done before. And I didn't know how it would look, but it absolutely is gorgeous. Um, I, I do everything print-on-demand. As I said, I design my own books. got this book wondering, is this going to look good or not? It looks fantastic. It's Of course, color is a lot more expensive to buy, so it's a more expensive book, but I couldn't be happier with it. And, I, and this is one of the... I'm so excited about this project. Um, I'll be at uh, Dayton Valley Days this coming weekend at the Genoa Candy Dance the weekend after that. Um, right, can I interrupt you for a second? Uh, we got to take a hard break. Can you stick around oh, for sorry. another? Can you take, stick around for another segment? Certainly. Uh, thank you, sir. And uh, we'll be back with more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show with Stephen Provo, author of over 50 books. Uh, we are talking about his latest one, Sierra Highway, US 395 in El Camino Sierra in California, Nevada. And uh, I got some interesting questions for him when we get back. Mainly, has this inspired him to write more horror and uh, taking all these road trips? And we'll get that answer when we come back, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. On the phone with us is Stephen H. Provo. He is an author of various different genres. He has written fantasy. He has written horror. He has written biographies. And he has written historic travel books as well. We're talking about his latest book, Sierra Highway, U.S. 395 in El Camino Sierra in California and Nevada. And, sir, when we before we went to break, I... 
propose the question kind of in a sort of way. Um, as, as any of these uh, road trips that you've taken, because a um, uh, little, little backstory, uh, you guys are about to learn something new about me yourselves. <laughs> okay. Um, so, my, so my dad was in the Navy, and uh, so we traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I moved, I think, 17 times before I was out of high school. Um, and so I, well, that is I, a lot for military. Yeah. Um, coast to coast five times. Um, but, uh, the two highways and we never ever flew. It was always driving. <laughs> so, um, the two highways that left the most mark on my, me was, uh, when we lived in the Jacksonville, Florida area and my little brother was born in Key West, Florida, which is way on the other end of the state. Okay. So, um, highway A1A was the main highway along the coast. It's called the Gulf Coast or the Coast Highway okay. or something like that, First Coast Highway. Um, so it goes from Jacksonville all the way, kind of like how um, 101 mm -hmm. goes all the way from uh, you know San Francisco down to L.A. So that highway, because my parents, every my dad got into scuba diving when, we, when he got to Florida, so every summer we went down to Key West. And so we're always on that freeway, mm. on that highway. Um, the other one was Highway 50 um, because uh, that was the first actual <laughs> rural highway my wife had ever been on because she was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area and never really left the area. Um, so that was like the most desolation she's ever seen in her life. Um, so those two highways and it also because it had been a while since I had road trip like that um, inspired me to write a uh, horror short story called Mile Marker. Um, have, have these travels that you've been doing, um, as going on these, uh, highways up and down the coast, have they inspired your story writing for future, um, endeavors? Most definitely. I, I like to refer to these highways as time capsules in and of themselves. And I love time travel books. I, I've written several time travel stories, but it's a time capsule because you can drive down a highway and you could see a movie theater from the 1920s a drive-in from the 1950s, a uh, fruit stand from the 1940s, a uh, mall from the 1970s, all sitting next to each other. And you can, if you pay attention, kind of map how things have evolved culturally for us. And that's, uh, that's pop culture. It's pop culture of the past, but it is pop culture, and I find it fascinating. Uh, on top of that, you may or may not know, my wife Sharon is a ghost hunter. And so a lot of the places we visit are ghost towns, and it's <laughs> fascinating to visit these places. Um, and it certainly does inspire me. Um, the interesting thing that I like to, to talk about when we go to some of these places, we've been to the Jackson House Hotel in, in Eureka. We've been to the Mizpah in Tonopah. Um, we've taken a tour of the Gold Hill Hotel and, and, and several other places like this. Uh, I like to say that I scare the ghosts away because I never see any of them. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was just my luck. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to been up to the Washoe, and she says I see a ghost or something there every time I go there, except when I go with you. Wow! <laughs> right, so you're kind of like me. You're kind of a, a, a paranormal cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but I have written a couple of stories based on ghosts and the uh, the ghost towns here um the one that's going to be in the anthology is based on american city up there by um 
by uh, Gold Hill in, in Virginia City, which is no longer there. Yeah, uh, I, I, many a band have taken photos there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I just out of curiosity, have you ever thought about doing like a YouTube series? Because I know uh, uh, creative creators nowadays, YouTube is a big thing, um, not just on a paranormal aspect, but while you're doing these um, road trips and everything, going to these places. Because I've read about it, and I've never actually been there, but I would be interested in like somebody actually investigating the water babies uh, at uh, Pyramid, <laughs> it's Pyramid Lake, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that'd be, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, like everybody that's listening in the, out of the outside country. Outside of Nevada. Yeah, outside of Nevada. Um, Pyramid Lake has these things that are supposedly called water babies. I can't remember the American Indian name for them, but it basically, there's some kind of creatures that live at Pyramid Lake um, that sound like babies crying. And so, um, yeah, so it's a very interesting um, kind of weird folk tail i i would uh, for lack of better terminology um mm-hmm. but uh, uh any any thoughts of like expanding to doing like youtube stuff like investigating these things i mean i i'm sure sharon would like since she's a, a ghost hunter would like to be involved in doing stuff like that right i have thought about doing something in different media and i like to take photos so i like taking still shots and i love old buildings old abandoned buildings so just the the mystique and the the kind of eerie character of these buildings is, is just fascinating to me and always has been. Um, I've thought about doing something like that. I haven't gotten around to it yet because I've been so busy writing and then going out to events and promoting my, my books. But it certainly is something that could happen in the future, yeah. Okay. Um, as far as uh, what's next for you, you were mentioning that you have some appearances coming up. Uh, the Candy Dance in Minden, or is it Genoa? Genoa. Uh, Genoa. And, yeah. uh, and there was another place that you mentioned right before that. Uh, Dayton Valley Days, which is next weekend. Okay. And uh, that's, in, that's in Dayton. And uh, we were there last year and enjoyed that very much. And, and Sharon also um, goes with me, and she is creating chain mail jewelry. And it's just fascinating stuff. So she sells that, and she also sells dream catchers. Uh, but not just dream catchers. She also sells steam catchers, which are steampunk dream catchers, <laughs> and dream snatchers, which are horror-based dream catchers. Oh, interesting. So we, we will be at those two events, and then we're going to be at something called the um, – um, it, it's a cat show, basically, and uh, that's it, going to be ha- coming to Reno the following weekend. So we've got a several several events coming up, lined up here. Okay, so you're going to be a busy man, and plus, uh, uh, next year you will be uh, out also at KaboomCon here in Carson. I will be. <laughs> I'm glad I got in so so quickly because I heard you say earlier in the show that the uh, vending spots are sold out already. Yes, they so are. I'm glad I got in on the ground floor there. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it is uh, Carson City's first ever inaugural year. So. And actually, I was hoping to, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to correct me on that, quite honestly, because I know that Carson Library tried to do a comic book con once but it fell through and it didn't end up happening because I was going to go to it. And this was way before I Mm -hmm. ever started doing the radio show. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad it's actually happening. I'm glad 97 and now productions, uh, you know, said, Hey, you know what, let's, let's run with this and decided to do it. So, you know, it looks like it's going to be a a good thing for, for our area. So it'll introduce Carson city, hopefully to a lot of, uh, Carson city, uh, um, you know, 
uh, comic book creators, uh, novelists such as or authors such as yourself, uh, Spencer Stoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, mm-hmm. He's uh, going to be uh, having his uh, his novels, his uh, graphic novel, and his game there, right? Yes, sir. So he's going to have his stuff. Uh, so I was going to introduce uh, I'm all, that, and that's always been my thing, and why I started doing this show is because I want this area to be like a mecca for you know all the creative people, whether it be authors, filmmakers, etc. So yeah, comic book creators. So um, I, I think it's good, and I think it's going to be uh, something that'll be great for the community to see the creative people that it has in it. So. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think uh, Carson City is ready for that kind of that kind of thing. And we we were at uh, the one in Reno, the Silver Age Comic Con, this last uh, in July, and enjoyed that very much. And so when we saw one was going to be in Carson City, I was immediately taken with the idea of I got to get into this thing because it's right next door to me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as far as uh, our, uh, what you have planned next, as far as uh, your writing career. Um, are, do you have, are you going to be venturing back into, say, the uh, uh, paranormal science fiction horror realm, or are you going to st- still be doing, um, are you going to do another biography book, or are you going to um, another stick highway? with uh, another highway book? Well, it's um, yes, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> I, I have a, a biography possibility if someone wants to work with me. It's been on the back burner for a few years as a possibility. So when it, when it, if it comes to fruition, I'll talk about that. But um, I also have um, in process another highway book, the Bonanza Highway, US 95 in Nevada. Mm. Um, so that's the one that goes from Winnemucca down to Las Vegas, yeah. uh, and that's a fascinating tour as well. Um, the Crimson Scourge novel that you mentioned earlier is—it's uh, kind of a superhero novel with elements of a pandemic and, and more of an anti-hero and a, a man against the system type thing. Um, and just quickly, what he is is he is injected with this serum that is supposed to kill him because it's a, it's an infection, but instead of killing him, it gives him these powers and the powers enable him to either, if he's very angry, become as hard as stone. So he can, becomes like the thing from, from the fantastic four and can basically pound his way through anything. Or if he gets scared, he basically disappears. He becomes, he can walk through walls. So he has to learn to control these powers. And that's the first in a, conceived three-book series, the second one of which is one that I have kind of in, in thought that is not with the same people but in the same universe, and the third one would bring it back to that, um, that initial group of people. So it's kind of like the, the, uh, the trilogy that Shyamalan had on the screen with Glass and Unbreakable yeah. and um, the Split. third one that I didn't see. Yeah, that, was the, that was one of the best ones. Split. Uh, Split. Split. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved Glass. Glass. I yeah. thought Glass was fantastic. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was, it was great. And I love that kind of thing. So this is in that, in that mold. So, yeah, I, I hope to get back to that. And Sharon and I, who is a budding writer, uh, have thought to do a – if we can get enough stories together, another collection of horror stories, um, because she's written two and has a third in, in the works. I've written two um, that could um, be a collaboration that we would put out. Hmm. Horror short stories. Well, I might have to submit Mile Marker. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, why not? Yeah. I, well, I got a nice thick uh, um, folder of uh, rejection letters, so yeah, why not? Add to it. <laughs> well, if you, if you, if the the, uh, the Aces Anthology submissions are still open for another three weeks. So okay. if you'd like to submit it, email it to me. Well, I got to dust it off and proofread it because I wrote it like a good <laughs> 15 it off. years ago. Oh, yeah. That was like Polish a long time ago. So. Oh, that's, okay, that's no longer that's, invalid. That's, <laughs> much, yeah. that's, that's what I'm for. I'm, I'm also an editor. I worked for 30 years as an editor. And I actually edited a horror collection before um, I came back here by a, a guy named Stephen Mark Rainey. I don't know if you're familiar with him. But he's a longtime horror writer who wrote a collection that I think is absolutely fantastic called Fugue Devil Resurgence, and I would recommend. Um, and he's a big Gojira fan as well. He mm-hmm. used to have a, um, a, uh, a zine called uh, Death Realm that he edited. Uh, so if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with any of that, but I've been involved in this horror stuff. I keep getting drawn back to it um, <laughs> but in different ways. So, um, But yeah, go ahead and, and submit it. I encourage you to do it. It's a... Uh, all right, yeah. Like I said, I could use another rejection letter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the funny thing about Godzilla is uh, Scott that uh, Tony mentioned earlier. He is like the ultimate Godzilla fan. Uh, he, Scott is actually my little brother, and so uh-huh. when we were growing up, he was just Godzilla, you know. And and into his adulthood, he was the only person I knew who bought a Region Zero um, DVD player. So that he could have all of the Godzilla movies imported from Japan, mm. so that he could, oh, wow. so that he could actually watch the ones that nobody in the United States right. has ever seen. So cool. that's how much of a Godzilla fan he is. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So I know he's excited. I, I'm, I'm planning on a, probably a, since a, the time for Godzilla minus zero comes out, um, that's going to be his birthday present. I'm going to take him to see Godzilla in the theater. So. Oh, great. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so if you guys want to go and check him out, Mr. Stephen H. Provo, uh, that is not how you spell his last name, though. It is P-R-O-V-O-S-T. Um, it, uh, that's made quite an interesting uh, promo when I went to set that up, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can check all, find all of his books on Amazon.com as well as BarnesandNoble.com and also on his website, Stephen H. Provost. Is, uh, with this per net, with that spelling dot com, um, all of his books are there as well. You can find him on the Facebook. You can also find all of his social medias on his website, Stephen H Provost P R O V O S T, but it is pronounced Provo. So um, and uh, find all his books there as well. Um, go and check him out when he posts on his Facebook page. I do repost it to the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed. Um, so when he puts on puts out that uh, the events that he listed, the candy dance in Genoa. Um, Carson, not Carson Valley, the Dayton Valley Days. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. Um, which is this coming up weekend. And also, um, what was the one up in Reno? It's um, a uh, cat show, actually, on the 30th at the uh, Reno, Reno Sports Convention Center. A cat show? Yeah, it's a cat show. Oh, like actual four-legged, <laughs> like, like the dog show, but it's for cats. Yeah, okay. like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a cat person. My wife is a dog person, and uh, we both love the other kind too. So, <laughs> uh, well, I, I didn't know it was like a cats the musical type of you know convention or something. I just wanted a clarification. That's all. <laughs> no, it's actually a cat show. Uh-huh. A real cat. Interesting. <laughs> that's, that's odd. Okay. Well, I've never heard of one, but that doesn't mean that it's not shouldn't be fun, right? 
Always looking for new audiences. You know? <laughs> That's true. All right, sir. Um, thank you again for being a guest on the show, and uh, we'll be talking to you uh, relatively soon. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a good day. All right, you everybody too. else, uh, we've still got a little bit of show left, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Goodman Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Uh, so what would you guys think of that interview there? He seems like a very interesting fellow. Yeah, def- definitely I would, uh, kind of mixing it up by not sticking to the same genre. Than, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm having so. trouble switching genres <laughs> because uh, I'm so used to writing fantasy and I'm working on a horror and a sci-fi right now. And it's it's hard to get into the mindsets for me. Really? So, yeah, so it's really... Uh, I'm impressed that he can do so so easily. Well, watch a lot of cheesy horror films. <laughs> That'll get you there. Rob will give you suggestions, I'm sure. Oh, I've got a lot. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll help you out. And as far as uh, uh, writing sci-fi, uh, what was that? Star Blast? <laughs> Star Blast? Well, remember that show? That movie? No. Oh, worst movie ever made. Oh, the, 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 the <laughs> sci-fi novel I have, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting to me in that it's kind of, uh, you know, it's going into the whole multiverse thing, also kind of mixed with Alien Nation. Remember that movie and show? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Are they drinking soured milk? <laughs> no, thankfully. Okay. <laughs> but the, but they, eat, they do eat styrofoam. Wow. Okay. That's hmm. different. <laughs> Uh, Star Blast. What? Online game? No. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> Star yeah. Blast, a show, a show? When was this? Oh, it was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would explain why I do not recognize it. I'm not quite that old yet. Really? Oh, it was born Laser in Blast. That's what it was called. Laser Blast. Laser Blast. 1978. You got to watch that one. Yeah, so it was released the year I was born. Okay, but it was oh, it was horrible. It was it was so bad. It sounds like uh, somebody was trying to knock off Star Wars. No, <laughs> if um, they were, they missed. They, well, they, I'm just thinking because like there's a lot of knockoffs that came out seventy eight, seventy nine. Yeah, this. this was like more like a space horror type of uh, not even <laughs> so space somebody horror. trying to rip so, so, so somebody trying to rip off Alien then not really but not well uh, no. The, <laughs> Whatever this was they were trying for, they missed. I mean, they had aim of a stormtrooper. Uh, that's how bad they missed uh, whatever they were trying to do. Anyway, um, yeah, um, Eric, is, Eric is suggesting that you read the Cretherian uh, Gambit. The Cretherian Gambit? Yep, for if you're looking to get into uh, sci-fi stuff. Okay. A new Charizard card. Say that ten times fast. Is making some noise in a competitive Pokemon trading card game scene. When Obsidian Flames first came out last month, many Pokemon trading card game players dismissed the set as containing mostly filler. However, the set features two powerful Pokemon EX cards that are being combined to great effect in a new deck that's starting to appear in the top eight charts of several local League Cup events. The deck primarily involves utilizing Pidgeot's X's quick search ability to pull out the cards needed to get Charizard EX, a card that grows more powerful as a player loses prizes. Hmm. Prizes? Onto the field and wiping up Pokemon with one hit. The Charizard EX Pidgeot EX deck has a few big advantages, such as Charizard EX with its darkness typing, 
uh, being strung against, oh boy, Gradivore EX and Meow V-Star, uh, which are the two dominant decks in the current metagame. However, the deck can be shut down by a path to the peak stadium card, which means that players will need to have some counters ready, as many competitive decks currently use path to the peak at its abil- and its ability to negate the ability of any card with a rule box, which includes both Charizard EX and Pidgeot EX. The deck also relies heavily on Stage 2 Pokemon, which means that it requires more setup than many other dominant decks out there, although this will change as Pokemon V5 and Pokemon VX or V Max and Pokemon V Star cards are all cycled out of the rotation over the next couple of years. There's a few other variations of the Charizard EX deck out there and it'll in and it'll be exciting to see how they stack up in a wider tournament setting with regionals starting this weekend. So hmm. I would like to see a remake of the Black Hole 2 Eric. Actually, that would be interesting. Especially with today's modern technology. Right. Yeah. So uh Baldur's Gate three is the best game that you can play on the PlayStation five. Actually, yeah, I've gotten. I actually got my wife to play that with me. We play multiplayer together. All right. When stacked up against other play, other game playable on the console, according to reviews, as of now, the game currently boasts an incredible Metacritic score of ninety-seven in regards to the PlayStation Five version of it that just came out everywhere on September sixth. That's just slightly higher than the score of ninety-six that the PC version of the game got once all of those reviews settled. And while there's always the chance that Baldur's Gate 3's PS5 score could move up or down as more reviews come in, it was at least at one point the best game the PS5 could offer. Reviews for the PS5 version of the game started coming out just around the September 6th release. Uh, though those who watched the PC reviews roll out probably already had an idea of how things would go. There were, of course, questions of how performance would be on the PS5 compared to PCs, and some might be wary of playing with a controller. But for the nine or so reviews that have <laughs> been shared so far, there's not much to worry about when it comes to Baldur's Gate 3 on the PS5. Of the nine reviews t- tallied for Baldur's Gate 3 PS5 version, so far three of those Give it a perfect scores of 100. Those are the ones who get paid to do reviews, I bet. Uh, those, review, the, those reviews from outlets like Press Start Australia and Square, pa, Push Square Echo similar levels of praise gifted to the PC version of the game when it released in August with people again calling Baldur's Gate 3 a monumental RPG while suggestions suggesting that it should uh, or could rise the, raise the bar for games that will come after it. You've been playing it. What do you think? I do very much enjoy it. It, it is basically like playing a, a, desk, a, a, a tabletop uh, round of uh, D&D, just you don't have to do a lot of the math. Yay! Because <laughs> nobody likes doing math. <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, but anybody who's played like Diablo or something like that, you know, action RPG games, you can't play it like that. You have to actually because uh, you have to worry a lot about wh- where you're positioning your your character in the battlefield and such when you're in fights. Hmm. So just like you would in the tabletop game, and it has a learning curve for anybody who's you know still who's played stuff like uh, Diablo or uh, or even the previous Baldur Gates, Baldur's Gates, really. So um, are you playing it at all? Um... Rob? No, I've been playing Starfield. <laughs> How's that going, by the way? Absolutely love it. 
Really? Oh yeah, it's taking up my all my spare time. <laughs> so did you build your own ship? Because I noticed that a lot. No, I have not built my own ship. Uh... It's, um, yeah, no, I've actually like started like th- I have like three different like games going on right now. At wow, three different places because there's like. Yeah, there's stuff going on, and it's like, and I, I'm one of those people. I always like, oh man, I feel left out if I didn't do that. Okay, so let me start again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that way. I have a multi, I have a multiplayer character with my wife. I have a multi character player with my sister, and then I have a, a different character that I'm playing solo. Dang. Okay. Yeah, you see, you guys get crazy with that stuff. Me, I, I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. Oh, I could spend. Let the... me create a new character. <laughs> yeah, I, I could spend hours in character. Oh well, that, that's the thing they ge- yeah. yeah, with the ship builder, they somebody just built a um, imperial destroyer. Yeah, with 21 page guide on how to do it. Wow, Jeez. but it lags the system. Yeah, <laughs> I would think. Well, I know that somebody uh, built the Millennial Falcon. Yeah, I was going to say that they built uh, the somebody Millennium. built the um, the Planet Express ship. Uh-huh. Um, there was one uh, there's a couple of other they built a, one of the uh, Babylon 5 yeah. ships um and there's a, the space 1999 ship I, I saw one of those and then somebody built one that is all squares like it, it's the Minecraft a, ship no. it's, yeah, it, yeah it's weird it look it's it's very strange looking but apparently it glitches the other ships or something like the way that like it huh. built it it's strange but hmm. yeah I don't know what games he's playing, but uh, he's still hooked on the Pitcher 3. Uh, the Pitcher 3. Probably Witcher. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Spell check got him again, but, you know, I, unless it's a baseball game, we never know. No, it's probably oh, Witcher yeah. 3. The Wild Hunt. Uh, My Adventures with Superman was one of the most surprising animated series debuts of the year so far. And now My Adventures with Superman Season 2 has been confirmed to be in development oh, once more with a new promo from Adult Swim. My Adventures of Superman introduced Adult Swim fans to a fresh anime-inspired take mm-hmm. on the DC comic superhero icon, and it was a massive success with fans. The first season was praised for those for these new takes on Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen, and it wasn't long before there were tons of requests for a second season. My Adventures, who actually writes them and tells them that? Um, I've never written about It's all like on, you got to be on like, X or Twitter, whatever. Yeah, or Reddit. Now. Or... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric's giving up now. Autocorrect has won another battle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> My Adventure as a Superman was initially ordered for a two, second two for a two season run for for Warner Brothers Discovery, but with everything going on in this past year, there was still potential doubt over whether or not that second season would come to fruition. Luckily, following previous confirmations that My Adventures with Superman Season 2 would indeed be in the works, Adult Swim debuted a special promo following the end of Season 1 finale that further confirmed to fans that My Adventure with Superman Season 2 is now in production and will release in the future. At least Mm. for now. (laughs) Well, you you see, because until it pills a bat girl, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Of course it will. Anyway, so here's something that I'm actually happy about. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> How weird. Uh, Rick and Morty season season seven is now closer than ever to its premiere mm-hmm. on Adult Swim next month. And now it's been confirmed that the episodes will be airing on a weekly basis without a huge break or hiatus to separate them. Yes. Woo! Finally! Somebody listens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
I'll see if you're on extra Twitter or whatever else. I mean, <laughs> uh, why do they do that? That is so annoying. I, I, the winter break? Yes. <laughs> any break. Any pause in a the show. Mid, yeah. the summer break. I think the they, it, break. it started as the winter break because, like, all the holiday specials would come out. So there was always that, like, three-week lull. But then they turned it into the mid-season finale and then that meant oh we could return our show back oh six months from now like yeah when everybody's <laughs> forgotten about it yeah. yeah that annoys me so much and then they only return for like three or four episodes yeah. so it's like what's the, even the point yeah if it's mid-season it should be the halfway mark it's, not the three-quarter way mark yeah or, or, or there, there shouldn't be a break period I mean, yeah. the seasons are so short now. Why? We should just. We should. It's just not go. like Mash. Remember, Mash used to be like twenty-six <laughs> episodes. We should. That just, you need a break yeah. from. We should go to the European model, and where you have the certain shows at certain seasons. So fall is always this. Spring is always these, and we never have to watch reruns for thousands of years. Oh yeah, of the same show <laughs> before we see the new episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, then yeah. like Attack on Titan, that anime. It's like on part. Two of the second half of the final season. Of, yeah, I'm waiting know, for that to come out yeah. forever. Anyway, um, so where was I? Uh, while fans have seen a greater increase of speed in which new seasons of Rick and Morty have been premiering with Adult Swim since the launch of season four, but they have been impacted with a hefty hiatus or break that split them up in some way, meaning that there was always a significant wait before actually seeing a particular season's final episode. And they were only like 10 episodes, too. That's what's even more annoying. Exactly. Uh, there was some Rebel, new, Rebel Moon news, but I wasn't able to get into that uh, as far as toys coming out. Yes. Rebel hey. Moon toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank hey, you all for tuning in tonight. Wars. No matter where you are listening, we genuinely appreciate you being here. We hope you enjoyed the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guest, Stephen H. Provo. You can find a large chunk of his books, both fiction and nonfiction, at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, your local bookstore, as well as Stephen H. Provo's website, www.stephenhprovost, uh, dot com, all one word. Also, check out his other written work and his social media links from there as well. Uh, with all our guests on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, Pop Culture Kaboom follows or likes them on the Facebook, so they when they post their news, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed at the very least. But we encourage you to give them a like and a follow anyway. Uh, next week, Sunday, September 17th, it's time to kick off Creepy Season. And what better way to do that than the annual Carson Creepy Film Competition? Joining us live in studio for the entire show will be the co-founder and president of Silver State Storytellers, Lyric Burt. Lyric Burt will tell us all about this year's Creepy Carson Film Competition, how you can register to be a part of the Carson Creepy Film Competition, everything you'll need to know about Silver State Storytellers, the nonprofit organization, and how you can be a part of Silver State Storytellers. Thank you for your support, and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show and the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions, which is available on all of your podcast um, providers. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, providers and platforms. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Um, and, uh, of course, you can like and follow Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have been to and or will be attending. On behalf of our special guest, Stephen H. Provo, Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews, KNBC, Spencer, Rob, and I, thank you for your support. Have a great week. We will talk to you again right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits.